Welcome to the show. What's up, freaks? Episode seven. Mm-hmm. Man, has it been that long? Seven episodes already. It man. has, man. I'm, I can't believe we're still kicking. <laughs> so, yeah, we're sorry that uh, we took a little longer this month, but yeah, been uh, a delay there a little bit. Riverman's been a little too busy on his uh, fantasy football uh, kick. <laughs> but uh, I apologize. I've been too busy changing fucking diapers. That's right. So, uh, yeah, we apologize for that, and we're gonna hope. Hope to get some uh, more shows out to you. Uh, next episode, uh, well, we'll talk about it at the end of the show. But uh, yeah. yeah, but we have some special next episodes. So, Definitely. Um, we should have a, a couple next month. We're going to do this next episode. Then we're going to do a Halloween episode, which will uh, be uh, towards the end of October. And uh, we're pretty excited about that I'm one. I'm getting too. really excited about that. Me too. Halloween oh, episode. God, man. Yeah. I, Haunted houses are going to be, you know, starting up here the next week or so, or yeah, maybe less than that. But uh, no, they're they're open right now. Are they? Yeah, they opened last weekend. Well, here here in our neck of the woods, anyway. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, um, I'm really excited. Oh yeah, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> can you tell? But yeah, what have you been up to, Lush? Anything? Oh uh, fuck, man! Like I said, changing diapers, doing the doing the Mister Mom thing still. Uh, Doing a doing a bit of writing. Mm-hmm. Got some uh, some kind of cool things on the horizon as far as that goes. I don't want to say a bunch about that yet, but I I well what I what I will say is I wrote I wrote a short film. Cool. And uh, and uh, behind the mask is looking at you know expanding, getting into that kind of shit too, as well as you know I mean I don't know that we'll ever stop doing the podcast because no. this is just fun. You know this is fun for us. Um, it's, it's shit that we do anyway. You know, we sit around and talk about horror movies or just all kinds of movies, really. And, um, but yeah, we'd love to, uh, to branch out and, uh, maybe get into making them as well. Um, behind the mask is no longer flaccid. Yes. We're getting very hard right now. That's right. Um, <laughs> we'll let you know when our load is blown. Um, <laughs> hopefully not for a while. Yeah. That, that'll take, that'll take a while. We, we go a long time. <laughs> Um, I'll speak for yourself. <laughs> but. but yeah, no, we, we will definitely uh, keep you posted on uh, any developments as far as uh, that uh, making that short film goes. Um, uh, you know, we're getting we're getting I'm getting a good response to uh, to the script so far. So it's pretty kick ass, dude. I I really enjoyed it. I mean, um, it, it's right up my alley. I mean, the type of films that I watch and all you guys watch too. I'm sure you'd love it. So uh, yeah. Uh, we'll definitely, you know, here in the here in the future, we'll uh, we'll get you in on that. We'll we'll talk about it, and uh, yeah. you know, hopefully, you know, down the road we can, uh, you know, do our own review of our own movie or something. Yeah. <laughs> Suck our own dicks. That's right. Yeah, no, um, pull a rib out like Marilyn Manson and fucking go to town. Well, you know, <laughs> you know one thing. 
One thing that we we've also been looking at doing, um, which needs to be done, is is getting up our own legit website. Yeah. Um, and so if if that's done. Um, which hopefully it will be here within the next couple of months is what we're shooting. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. We're shooting for that. And, um, if that is done here within the next couple of months, um, once this short film is finished, maybe we could do a little like limited screening or something on, on the website. So people could, people could check it out, you know, maybe run it for 24, 48 hours Mm -hmm. and, and then pull it or something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just something to, uh. Something to stay tuned for, you know. We'll uh, we'll definitely keep you guys posted. So, just wanted to talk a little bit about. Of course, that for yeah. A second. Once we get that up, I mean, we always want your feedback on it too. I mean, oh, of course. I mean, tell us how much you fucking hate it, but I mean, you know, we're yeah. doing it and we're doing it for fun. And yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna say that you didn't like it, definitely give us reasons. Yeah. Just be like, oh, it sucked. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> give me, tell me why it sucked. You know. We, uh, I, I do appreciate that kind of feedback because, you know, if I think that you have a valid point, then that can only help me get better or us get better at, at making it. So, or at making those. So, and it's kind of, uh, the thing I kind of got excited about this, Lush and I were talking, uh, when we were, fi- he was figuring out the idea, but, uh, it's kind of a, an homage to a certain style of filmmaking, which, uh, I've been really digging here the past couple months. Yeah. And, um, and it's not the, grindhouse exploitation style that uh no. we've talked about a lot and that we are huge fans of yeah it's uh, it's not that it's in not case you that. were wondering <laughs> but, something uh, different it's, it's definitely a different style and uh um it's something that i'm looking out for like i've been picking up these certain sort of films pretty recently and uh um i've been really digging them let's just say that but uh we'll keep you up to date on that for sure but uh um, before we get into our, uh, we have a three or four reviews we actually are going to talk about here about yeah. uh, a few films that we got from Synapse and Camp, Camp Motion Pictures. Yep. Um, did you want to talk about any, uh, news or anything, Lush? Was there anything special that you saw out there? Um. I mean, there's some things going on. Yeah, there's some stuff going on. I, nothing that, I mean, um, we got, uh, season two of The Walking Dead coming up. Here on uh, October 16th. And that's something we're definitely going to dip into in the next few shows because yeah. uh, I'm a huge supporter of The Walking Dead. And uh, mm-hmm. um, it's the one TV show on, you know, on cable that is, I mean, it's better than most films out there, zombie films out there. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, for, first season was great and I'm um, definitely looking forward to the next season. So, uh we're definitely going to be talking about that here, you know, as the season progresses with The Walking Dead. Probably each podcast we're going to go into, you know, the couple weeks episodes, you know, maybe do something like that. And uh, just bullshit about that. And you guys can, you know, throw some feedback to us, too, of what you guys think about it. Yeah. Um, while we're on the TV kick, too, I don't know if you've seen any pre or any commercials for it or anything, but a new show on FX called American Horror Story. I've heard of that. Have you seen anything about I, that? I haven't seen it yet. It but. looks really interesting. Um, I'm, I'm really curious. I'm definitely going to watch it uh, when it comes on because it looks, it looks quite strange. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you've, you know, seen the commercials for it, uh, definitely, uh, you know, let us know what your, you know, what, what your thoughts are on it. If you think it's going to be good or if you think it looks like a piece of crap or whatever and, you know, we're, we're, it's something that I'm definitely going to check out when it comes on. 
And oh, that, for sure. That, I believe, is supposed to be starting up uh, beginning of next month, or beginning of God. October, I believe. I fucking love this time of year, man. It's, yeah, it's uh, awesome. I don't know. The autumn feel, the the crisp air. Yeah, just everything gets a little kind of... The creepy. panties drop. No. No, <laughs> not, not that. But, uh, yeah, I, I just love this time of year. It's yeah. uh, Everything gets a little creepier. That's right. I love it. And uh, of course, you know more horror films on TV, but mostly, yeah, mostly shitty horror films, and all edited, all edited for TV. I mean, <laughs> God damn it! Which, if it was, you know, a monster vision, but it's not, or yeah. you know, the, the only good things out there, are pretty much, you know, I've been, I used, I was watching that Elvira movie macabre yeah. quite a bit, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was pretty kick ass, but uh, haven't seen it recently. But yeah, those are fun. Um, other than that, um, hopefully. Hopefully there'll be some gems on there, maybe yeah. but, uh, F or IFC or something. But, yeah. Um, from that, uh, yeah, do you, let's jump into the let's let's jump into the reviews. Uh, thanks to uh, Synapse and Camp Motion Pictures, yeah. and uh, let's let's jump into the basement Camp Motion Pictures uh, VHS box set slash DVD mm-hmm. retro eighties etc. Mm-hmm. Um, here we go. All right, the basement box set. Camp Motion Pictures. That's right, and this is a big box VHS, um, which has the movie The Basement, which is kind of kind of like a creep show type of movie where there's, you know, a bunch of different short films like in one actual movie, and I think the running time's like only 110 minutes. And I think this one was the shot on 8mm, or Super 8 actually, and that they they overdubbed the audio on it, which is kind of funny, you know. It's doesn't really match the <laughs> doesn't really match the actual film. That's always entertaining. But it's <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I've been really I've been really digging some of these movies lately, like the whole shot on VHS and the Super Eight and everything, because you know it's something we can do. You know, yeah. um, I don't know. I I think it's just kind of a cool idea done in the time that we grew up in. Shit, you know. Oh, exactly, and. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this thing is fucking huge. Like, I got this in the mail. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, beast. Hell? And uh, it comes it comes with the the DVD, and it has it's a three DVDs set. Um, it also comes with the movies uh, Captives, made back in 1987, Video Violence, and Video Violence Two, yeah. which are fucking great movies. <laughs> and also Cannibal Campout, Cannibal Campout, which uh, we are very fond of. Yeah, I love Cannibal Campout. Um, Plus, this movie actually comes with a VHS copy of The Basement, which is a, a red VHS. We're actually looking at it right now. It's pretty, pretty fucking kick-ass awesome. to have uh, this little box set. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Did you kind of want to talk about uh, um, any of these films? You've seen Cannibal Camp Out, haven't you? Yeah, I did I did see Cannibal Camp Out. I actually have that one by itself on DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, I had found it at a... Uh, where the hell did I find that fucking movie? It was at a local uh, music store. Yeah, a local oh, music yeah. store, um, and they they also have you know used DVDs there for sale, and that's where I found it. And um, I mean, based on the title alone, I was just sold. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Cannibal Camp Out. I'm like, yeah, I want to watch that. Um, so yeah, I picked it up, and yeah, I mean, I, I really really enjoy Cannibal Camp Out. It's uh, you know obviously you know shot on shot on video, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and uh, which I, I enjoy. And um, 
you know, it's it's your basic story. You know, these kids going out, you know, kind of college age kids going out camping in the woods, and they uh, run into some um, undesirables, let's say, yeah. out there in the woods, and uh, madness ensues. Cannibal, right. cannibalistic madness ensues. Um, but yeah, no, it's really fun, like campy, um, good, like you know, practical gore and pra- shit. yeah, practical effects. You know, of course, the acting's not great, but that's what I love about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about the time that it was made, and these were just kid, you know, kids making a fucking movie. You know, exactly. like, it was just something they wanted to do, and they enjoyed doing it, and that really comes through. Um, you know, I mean, the quality obviously is not there. Yeah. Um, but that's what's so great about it. I think that's what I enjoy about it. Um, and so. also, and also, this has uh, it has the movie Video Violence. Uh, um, one and a, two, right? Yeah, one and two. It's a gore so classic. A young couple opens a video store in a small town, populated by violent, addicted amateur filmmakers, uh, led by uh, demented Howard and Eli. Which, I mean, I, I watched this movie and, oh God, it's, you know, it's 80s written all over it. It's, you know, the old VHS <laughs> shops, you know, you walk in and, uh, you know, there's there's people uh, people that are shooting, like, you know, VHS, like, uh, movies of killing people and uh, they leave it in one of, you know, the VHS cases Making and shit. snuff movies, basically. Making snuff movies, yeah, and uh, they come across it and, of course, they try to bring it to the authorities and... Um, I'm not going to get too much more into it, but uh, I really, really dig this movie. I, the video violence is great. The practical effects are great. You know, it's a shot on VHS movie, which, you know, is, is I really like. Um, but I, I would highly recommend that. Um, then, of course, you know, I was talking a little bit about The Basement. Um, I kind of want to get a little bit more into that. Uh, four strangers are summoned into a basement, a abandoned house by a mysterious entity, uh, known as a sentinel, um, and one after another, they are forced to witness heinous deeds they have yet to commit. Um, you know what? I I enjoyed the basement for what it was. I would say, I I really really like you know the video violence and the cannibal campouts. Um, I would I would put those over you know the basement, but. This box set is, I think it's fucking worth it, man. It's a monster box set, and, it's, and it God. looks awesome. Like, the artwork and stuff on the cover is fucking sweet. Yeah, and it's, oh, God, man, it's, I, I don't know much, much more to say. There's also, like, a couple shorts on there. The shorts are actually pretty cool. Like, one of them was a Super 8 short, a silent film, and the other one was a, um, kind, of a, kind of a reeker type of guy that goes around, and I think... Um, I don't know. It's just a low budget, low budget, you know, short like ten minute short. That's really cool. Um, so this packs a punch, man. This has um, five hours and forty eight minutes of footage on it, of movies and what have you. But uh, I would highly recommend. I'd go out and pick it up. You know, if I if I didn't get this from Camp Motion, I would buy it. Yeah. Just for you know the collector's aspect and all these movies in one. I mean, where are you going to find that? I mean, you don't have to go out and buy all these movies. I mean, they come in one box set. Yeah, and that's, you know, I, I have a couple of uh, Camp Motion Pictures, the, the retro 80s horror collection that I had just found here and there. You know, I got the, uh, like I said, Cannibal Camp Out, 
And then the other one I had, which you said there's a trailer for it, is uh, Ghoul School. Yeah, it's on here, um, too. Yeah, uh, Ghoul School. Zombie flick, which was a lot of fun also. Yeah, just the trailer, not the actual film. But Ghoul School's great, too. Yeah. Uh, you gotta save the band! That's right. <laughs> I've been I've been really surprised with the camp motion. If you like the you know the low-budget, you know, practical effects horror. Oh, and, yeah. Just um, good, good old 80s cheese, man. That's right. That's awesome. And you know what? I used to not be big fans of this, but... Uh, Past couple of years, it's just been growing on me, man. It's it's uh, I don't know what it is. It's fucking spreading. Oh yeah, I love but, it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, would you want to jump into a little synapse? Yeah. Next, we got our uh, the stuff that we received from uh, Synapse Films um, that they were kind enough to send us, and thank you again to them. Thank you again to Camp Motion Pictures. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got a few a uh, few from Synapse Films. Uh, uh, first one we could talk about is uh, the Exterminator, which they oh, just yeah, yeah. Uh, you know '80s um, revenge classic from uh, or yeah, it, basically it came out in 1980. Um, uh, good revenge classic. Um, they just released it on Blu-ray DVD combo pack. Great exploitation movie, and let me, it is. God, let me tell you about this fucking movie. This uh, this Blu-ray. I mean, I haven't. This is the first time I actually seen this film. I hear like everybody who's been talking about it. I keep holding out because every time I want to pick this up, it's not the uncut version, not the uncut version. This is supposed to be the uncut version. Yes. Um, I have yet, you know, I haven't seen the other ones on VHS and everything. I hear the quality shit, but mm-hmm. this fucking Blu-ray looks great, man. Like, uh, yeah, uh, the color correction they did with this looks fucking spot. I mean, the colors just pop right out of the screen. If you got a Blu-ray player, I would definitely pick this one up. Um, I'm not trying to suck people's, you know, synapses dick or anything, but, you know, these, I mean, they're putting out some pretty good they shit do, right they now, do, man. They're doing a lot of good things, man. They definitely are. I mean, one of the, um, our, our, on our very first show, mm-hmm. uh, the film that we, re- we reviewed was a, a synapse release called Singapore Sling. Yeah. Um, that they were putting out and they did a great job with that one too, with the transfer and all that. Um, yeah. so Yeah. And I was really surprised on these, this transfer because a lot of people said the you know the VHS and the other I don't know if it was an Anchor Bay DVD Anchor Bay put it out and then some other company yeah. put it out and they said the, those prints were just beat. To yeah, shit. they said they weren't very good prints, but uh, this print was I was blown away. I thought it was really good. Um, some scenes were you know <laughs> really really good and some scenes were were just good. But I mean mm-hmm. overall, I think it was definitely. Uh, Definitely yeah. great movie. I mean, you it know, looked really nice, and you know, I don't think it was like too polished. No, you no know? it wasn't too polished. No, um, which which I was happy about. Um, but yeah, this it was a great movie, directed by uh, or written and directed by James Glickenhaus. Yeah, and uh, starring Christopher George, Samantha Eker, and Robert Ginty. Um, and uh, this movie actually, <laughs> if anybody cares, uh, Robert Roger Robert. Blah, 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 Roger Ebert called it a sick example of the almost unbelievable descent into gruesome savagery in American movies. And uh, if that's not an endorsement that I love... Exactly, man. <laughs> Wasn't man. He, didn't he say I Spit on Your Grave is the worst movie you've ever seen? Yeah. What the fuck does he know? But, I mean, well, that's a good endorsement, though. God, God punished him. He, he had a stroke, so... <laughs> oh, God, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, Roger. But no, he, I don't. You know, he he likes to hate on these types of movies. You know, yeah. Um, but you know, that's his opinion. Whatever. Um, 
But yeah, like I mean, the, the, they you know put the his quote on the back of the movie, and the way I look at it, I'm like, if I see that quote, I'm like, okay, I want to see this. No, movie. exactly, I feel the same way. And uh, you know, I don't think Ebert meant it to be that way, but no. that's that's how I take it. I you know, um, and this was a lot of fun, man. I mean, it's a, a guy he. Um, um, Christopher George, uh, you know, he, he plays the, uh, the main, uh, the main character and, um, he basically, he's in Vietnam. Um, they, him and his, his, um, platoon or whatever, they get captured by, uh, by Charlie mm-hmm. and, um, they, uh, they start being, you know, tortured. He's witness to a, uh, the beheading of one of his, um, comrades, comrades. Yeah. And, uh. Which, fuck, that was, like, an awesome decapitation. That was pretty crazy, I mean, man. Fucked up, but, it, I mean, the decapitation itself, I mean, looking at it from an effect standpoint was fucking awesome looking. I really, really liked it. Um, so, they end up getting out of it. A buddy of his, you know, um, you know, they, they break free and they, they get rescued and they make it back to normal life and... Um, you know, yeah. Sometime later, I think uh, does his buddy get the shit kicked out of him? He gets paralyzed. or Yeah. Something? Well, they're they're like they're working on like a kind of a dock type yeah. area, I think. And um, there's uh, these kind of thug type guys, this gang that goes in and tries stealing shit out of this uh, this storage locker or something. And um, they catch him. And um, initially, those guys kick the shit out of the gang and get him to run off. Mm-hmm. But then that gang ends up finding his buddy, and they they beat him almost half to death and he ends up being paralyzed. Yeah. And, um, so then Christopher George's character is uh, understandably pissed off. And, uh, as his friend had a wife and, uh, two daughters, I believe two young daughters. Yep. So he's pissed and he wants revenge and he wants them to pay for what they did to his friend. Oh, and do they pay? Oh, they do. Do they ever? But yeah, that's a it's a great transfer. It's a great Blu-ray, yeah. and uh, um, yeah, if you're a fan of exploitation, everything, uh, revenge flicks, I would uh, I would definitely recommend it. I yeah, was I was up, pleasantly man. surprised because you know it was for me it, it was right up there with like Rolling Thunder, um, yeah. which I really enjoyed. I'm a huge Rolling Thunder. Yeah, fan. that was a great kind of revenge flick from uh, from the later '70s. Which I uh, if they ever put that on a Blu-ray, I'd fucking yeah blow my uh snot all over somebody but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah i put this one kind of up there along those lines as well man this was i had a lot of fun with it and um so yeah definitely check it out uh go to you know synapsefilms.com and and uh you can uh, surely pick it up on there yeah um or else you can try uh ebay and pick it up on the cheap yeah you could help out too yeah yeah or amazon or amazon um, let's see, another one that they, uh, Synapse Films sent to us is, uh, a flick called Frat House Massacre, um, which... This came out pretty recently. Yeah, fairly recently, uh, 2000, uh, well, Synapse just, I think it was made, like, back around 2008. Yeah, they picked it up, um, right? But, yeah, they, yeah, they, uh, distributed it, um, this year, it just came out this year in 2011. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a. Uh, you know, Fred House Massacre, I mean, if that title doesn't just grab you, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what the hell. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was from the creators of a flick called Camp Slaughter, um, which that's another one that just sounds great. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of an homage to, like, the uh, the late 70s, early 80s slasher flicks. 
Um, and this one, this is the uh, 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 director's cut, I believe, of this movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so it's got uh, like 20 minutes of additional footage in it. Um, I think the runtime's like 116 minutes. So I know. I couldn't believe the yeah. runtime on that when I first saw it. Yeah. Like, wow, for a horror flick? That's yeah. pretty crazy. It's just shy of two hours. And um, so it's got, you know, uh, a little more violence, a little more gore, a little more nudity, um, which all of, all three of those things are, are fucking plentiful in this exactly. movie. Exactly. Um, one thing I do want to mention about this, uh, the music score by uh, Claudio Simonetti, um, mm-hmm. who was, I believe, with part of Goblin. Mm-hmm. Um, from back in the day there, he did the score to this, and it's fucking awesome. Like, total fucking 70s horror movie score. It's, yeah. it, it was great. 70s, early 80s. Um, so. This one, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a two-hour movie, but it, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like two hours. No, it, no, uh, not at all, man. I mean, it, the, the pacing is great. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, I, I didn't think it dragged no, at, not at, at, any, at any point. Um, and it, it it says it's inspired by actual events um, set in the year uh, of uh, 79. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of a just going into... A disco uh, a little bit. Yeah, there's that. some disco. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, that's one thing this movie had, which a lot of the movies in the 70s had, yeah. was um, like a uh, kind of a dance, like mm-hmm. a disco dance sequence. This know, movie I had it. That. This that movie had it. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. And uh, But yeah, it's kind of diving into the world of, you know, these, these frat guys that... You know, kind of the hazing type of mm-hmm. shit, um, which I think that's where they get the inspired by actual events. You know, some of the uh, brutal issues with hazing, you know, um, that still go on today. Yeah. Um, but I think it started getting really bad back then. And um, so that's kind of what it's about. And these these, these frat guys, uh, this fraternity, they, um, you know, are just getting more and more ruthless with their hazing and uh, ultimately are ending up killing people. Mm-hmm. And, um, so this guy, he, uh, he is not liking what's going on. They end up killing him. And, uh, his brother actually becomes of age <clears throat> to go to college and goes to that same university and ends up kind of getting himself involved with that fraternity. So it's kind of a, almost a revenge has a revenge kind of feel to it. as also, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty good flick. It was fun, man. It, yeah. was, it was actually kind of uh, kind of epic, almost yeah. like I mean, just with with the runtime and like um, you know, it had that longer runtime, which, like I said, it didn't hurt it at all. Um, there was actually there was actually a little bit of cult falling for this movie too. I saw a lot of people were you know wondering when this was coming out, and then uh, Synapse finally picked it up. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, surprisingly, yeah, I did did a little research, but this is probably you know years, you know, maybe uh, six months ago. Yeah, um, and there is quite a quite a bit of a cult following for this movie. So yeah, I I really enjoyed it, and uh, you know, I I think most of the people that listen to our show would probably enjoy it as yeah, well. Yeah, um, it's got you know it's got some humor in it. Um, it's got some decent gore, um, and there are definitely I mean like a lot of that hazing. Seeing a lot of those hazing scenes and stuff, they're pretty fucking disturbing, oh, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, because, yeah, it's just, it's kind of some fucked up shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, the way it all unfolds is, is, is a hell of a lot of fun. Um, and like I said, for just every aspect of the movie, for the the humor, for the gore, for the, um, the score mm-hmm. um, by Claudio Simonetti, 
and um, just everything about it. It was just a hell of a lot of fun. If I had one complaint about the movie, um, it was just a little too polished, I thought. No, I agree. Um, I like, like what I was saying with uh, The Exterminator, mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't the case for The Exterminator. This one, I mean, obviously The Exterminator was made back in 1980. Yeah. This one was made in 2008. Yeah. But uh, they, they got a good late 70s feel to it. Uh, as far as the outfits, the music, um, you know, some of that stuff. Um, but it looked, it was just too too pretty, mm-hmm. too, too nice to look at. I thought if they would have maybe just beat it up a little bit. Um, they took a piss on it or something. Yeah, yeah. It would have it been a little, you would have got that feel a little bit more. Then again, I mean, a lot of people are doing that now, you know, yeah. with the cracks and pops and all mm-hmm. that shit. So I understand somebody not wanting to do that, but... Um, but yeah, definitely check that. It's definitely worth checking out. I, yeah, I think I enjoyed um, it. That was pretty, pretty, so, pretty solid film. Yeah, that's another one you can go to synapsefilms.com dot com and uh, check that one out too. It's it's a hell of a lot of fun. You, I think uh, all you freaks out there will really enjoy it. So check that shit out, motherfuckers. Yeah, we got another synapse for uh, next show. I think uh, wide open with a Christina Christina Lindbergh. Lindbergh. So. Uh, yeah, keep uh, keep your ear open for that one. Oh, and they they do. I do want to mention they uh, just recently released uh, Maniac Cop. Oh yeah, Maniac Cop mm-hmm. and Frankenhooker. Yeah, Frank Henenlotter's great film. That'll be coming out on Blu-ray here pretty soon, I think. Yeah, yeah, they 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 are releasing both of those on Blu-ray. I believe they're both available now. I think they might be. Nah. I'm I'm pretty sure if they're not available now, they are coming very very soon. Coming very soon, we'll yeah. say that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so definitely look for those. I mean, if you if you're a fan of uh, you know the Maniac Cop movies, this is the 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 first one um, on Blu-ray. That's right. And uh, and then Frankenhooker on oh, yeah. on Blu-ray. Yeah, looking. Hopefully, we can uh, review those two for you. Yeah. Tell you if those are worth uh, picking up on Blu-ray, the quality and everything. So. Uh, yep. But uh, yeah, let's uh, run into the next segment. Well, let's get into uh, films you watched recently with our good friends from Exploited Cinema. Ever considered stepping behind the beaded curtain at a sleazy video store? If you've ever watched something so vile that you had to lock the door behind you? If you currently have a VCR still connected to your home theater, then get yourself over to Exploited Cinema at exploitedcinema.blogspot.com. Bat 32 and J-Dog always keep it greasy. And remember to keep telling yourself. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. What it is, peeps. It's J-Dog. What's up? Bat 32 here. And we're going to be bullshitting with them here for a little bit. Uh, We're going to be talking about movies we watched recently. and uh, Who, Who knows where it will go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We gonna sure. do like an organized roundtable here? Or what? Yeah, whatever you whatever you guys want to do. Um, Sweet. First of all, uh, for our listeners, uh, kind of talk about your show a little bit. Uh, I mean, we we talked about it a little bit, but we haven't really gotten depth of you know what you guys talk about and everything, and um, kind of where you can find your show at. And uh, I don't know. Take it. Educate these cats in Bat Thirty Two. Well, uh, we're basically a exploitation-oriented podcast. Uh, we talk about horror films and mainly cult films, uh, out-of-print gems, 
hard to find stuff, uh, rarities more or less, you know. We're, we're always searching for that diamond in the rough, so to speak. What's funny, too, a lot of times, like, when it's my turn to pick a show, I almost go too obscure for Bat 32 here. I, I'm trying to review fucking movies we can't even find torrents of, and some <laughs> people don't even know if they really exist. He's like, where yeah. the fuck do you, where do you get these titles from? He asks me sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, we, we definitely keep it obscure, though. Like we do, do some mainstream, some more mainstream stuff. But uh, like, like I did with Furox, and we just like to fucking open doors to movies that have been forgotten for years, like forgotten masterpieces, pieces of shit, whatever. We review it all. Well, that's good, I think, for people that you know. I mean, even people like there's yeah, there's a lot of them that I I fucking haven't heard of, of course. And uh, you know, I, I appreciate that because it's stuff that I. I definitely would want to check out so it's good that you guys are kind of bringing them to the light a little bit more you know mm-hmm. well i hate all the new stuff i don't watch really anything new barely and i live in the 70s and 80s so yeah. yeah like i don't even care to talk about new stuff i just like to re rediscover all these hidden gems really yeah that's the focus of our show to a point well we're yeah. the guys that still have vhs players hooked up to our our uh, home entertainment system as uh, <laughs> as our promo says you know yeah. I mean, and that's true i mean i'm sitting here in in the living room looking at my uh my little ghetto forehead sanyo you know and it's, <laughs> the power's still on ready to rock and roll when a vhs needs to be thrown in so you know I oh, can yeah. take it a step further. I got a Betamax mm. hooked up to my TV with the VHS on top of the Betamax, actually. Nice. You should take it back to caveman days, man. You got <laughs> all those old setups and shit. Yeah, I got a Super 8, yeah. CD, <laughs> all that shit, working order. Hell yeah. J-Dog's got fucking cave drawings on his wall and shit. <laughs> those movies that were they were just like on paper and you just flipped them open. Yeah. <laughs> I got that shit, too. <laughs> There's like a fucking cave drawing, and he lights a candle and just lets the candle flicker, so it looks like the picture's moving. <laughs> it's just a picture of tits. It's like caveman. Oh yeah, tits <laughs> like a caveman beating tits. another caveman's head in or something. That's this horror movie. That's exploitation. Yeah, exploitation. Right. Well, no, that the woman has to be with her tits hanging out in the background for it to be exploitation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I said there were stick tits there too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Right. It's like a Forty Second Street movie. It's like you can either jerk off to it or watch it as like a fucking action film. But it's kind of like those little peep booths, because like once the candle or whatever burns down, that's the end of the show. So yeah. <laughs> Hope you're quick on your wick so you can get it off before the candle goes out. Yeah. That's some that's some whole unexplored territory there. Some cave cave exploitation. <laughs> exactly. We need to put like caveman movies together. I want to see that. Ones. Yeah. yeah, we got to run with this caveman exploitation. There was some, there was some dirty, nasty things going on back in the caveman days. I'm sure of it. Well, yeah, like what are some of them movies like Clan of the Cave Bear? And there's another one. I always remember that with the caveman, the women are down at the at the stream, and this guy just runs up behind the fucking chick and just starts hammering her from behind real fast. Just that was, caveman that ass. Was, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that was their worst fear was that somebody from the outside of the tribe would come in and try to rob them or kill them or rape, mainly rape their women. Yeah, that was they, like, that was like this fear. guy just came up like it was fucking just there for the taking. Just flipped up her fucking loincloth and give her a jab and away. It was went. then. It was <laughs> then. I mean, there was no rape. I mean, yeah, you got murdered if you got caught, but yeah, there was no law of the land so you know yeah. 
Yeah, man, so, I would love to see. I would love to see the love child of like a, a caveman movie and a good like nasty seventies exploitation film. That shit would look like Rocky Dennis, the style of deformed <laughs> man. Caveman <laughs> 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 well, eroticism, maybe a little bit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Two hairy people rubbing up on each other. Be some serious bush, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, but uh, do you want to start things off, Lush? Uh, what do you watched uh, recently? Um, let's see. The first one I'll start off with, um, which is a movie that I've been really pimping a lot lately, is called Dead Hooker in a Trunk. Um, Never heard of that one. Oh, it's fantastic! Uh, Love the title. Directed by, uh, written, directed, and starring Jen and Sylvia Soska. Um, they are absolutely fucking the coolest fucking set of twins ever they uh they run twisted twin productions um they got another movie coming up here soon called american mary that that looks like it's going to be really cool also but um basically dead hooker in a trunk is exactly like it fucking sounds um (laughs) this uh there's uh the two twins one of them's uh just and they this is what the character names are the one of them's a badass and that's what they call her or at the end credits it says badass uh sylvia soska um, the other one is like kind of a, more of a, uh, goody two shoes. Um, uh, they have a guy that's like a, uh, kind of a Jesus freak. That's the goody two shoes friend. Um, and then a, uh, like a fucked up junkie, like rocker chick. And, uh, they, uh, come out one morning. Uh, they're, they're going to pick up the, uh, goody two shoes friend, the Bible thumper from, uh, from church group. And, uh, they find a dead hooker in their trunk. And, uh, basically madness just ensues from there. I mean, they run into like Yakuza and, um, a fucking hotel manager that, uh, has a goat tied up underneath his desk and, uh, <laughs> um, just all kinds of fucking shit happens. And it's, it's, it's a really, really fun ride. Kind of a good, like, uh, I mean, it really, it's an exploitation film, really. Exploitation filled um, roller coaster sounds exactly, like exactly exactly. There's a lot of there's a lot of different <laughs> elements. For stuff popping up like you say, like a goat under the fucking uh, desk. Yeah. It's like yeah. that's kind of weird shit. It's like it has no explanation. It's just mm-hmm. there. Fuck is it sounds it out there. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Yeah, just, these... just to go off topic. Like I know the last time you were recommending a movie to us, like that Red, White, and Blue. I went and checked, I checked that, that out. out. Yeah, I that's checked that, that out too. It was great. I love that movie. I, I've been putting that one over too. It's so. got old boy there from uh, the Lost. You've seen the Lost, haven't you, J Dog? Yeah, Mark. Yeah, yeah. That. yeah and he was he Jay was Pie or whatever the fuck and yeah, Ray Pie. Ray Pie. Yeah, Ray Pie. Motherfucker was a pie anyway. Yeah, that's all I knew. Yeah, you know, no. I like them a lot though. better in The Lost, I think. But, uh, you know, after, I mean, the first time that I watched Red, White, and Blue, I didn't care so much for Mark Center in that. But uh, the second time that I watched it, um, I, I actually, I like I liked him a little bit more. Um, but, it was yeah. a different kind of psychopath. Like, yeah. it was like, it was the first time a character like that, like, broke his cherry. Whereas, like, Ray Pye, he was like he was already fucked in his head like he probably was like killing animals and just a different degree i guess you know but yeah red red white and blue is a fucking amazing amazing movie yeah no i just wanted to interject with that saying like yeah like going on your recommendations i'm really stoked for this one too because the last one was great glad you guys enjoyed it yeah this one this one's a lot more uh a lot more fun a lot more comedic 
Um, more, more tongue in cheek, not so serious of a tone. Exactly. I, you know, and that's one of the things I loved about it was the, uh, just the real on the nose title, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a hell of a lot of fun. It's, uh, going to be coming to, I know IFC midnight, um, is working on the, uh, the DVD right now. Um, okay. so, uh, it's supposed to be, I think the Soska sisters were saying sometime around January for a release on that. Um, so be looking for that. I found it actually on like a, a cable on demand, like a video on demand type of thing. And, uh, and I, I believe they're still doing the festival circuit right now too. I know the sisters are uh, going to be going up to the uh, Toronto International Film Festival um, here. Uh, I think this this week. I think I think that starts on like the twentieth, or I think it maybe started today. To look for yeah. I think it might. I think that film festival started today and it goes until the twentieth, possibly. Sweet. Uh, but uh, yeah, definitely look for that. Look for that movie. It's 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 a hell of a lot. Well, I love the title. It's got like a memorable title, like almost like hobo with a shotgun, like right. Yeah, it's literal <laughs> trunk, like fucking. I heard about that before. Uh, uh, hooker, hear it. Hooker in a trunk. I heard about that before. I heard about hobo with a shotgun. That I heard about that when it first began production. So. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of buzz about uh, it. That's a Canadian it. picture too, isn't it? Yes, they are Canadian. Yeah, I thought that. Uh. The only good stuff comes from Canada. Hey, they've been coming out all with the good, good independent shit, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canada seems to be the the head pushers right now as far as like the new age of exploitation films goes. The way I you see know, it, I, anyway. I agree. We just uh, on our last show we reviewed that movie uh, Sweet Karma, um, yeah. which, which was out of Canada, and uh, that was I fucking love that movie too. You guys would dig that, yeah. Yeah, well, you know. That, why I think it's doing, why it's happening is because, like a lot of people don't realize. I mean, obviously J Dog and and the Changeling. They they you guys talked about on the Ferox. It's it's really what what uh, Canada is is becoming old Hollywood now. You think well that's weird, but it's, how many films have been shot up there, and how long have they been shooting up there since what the late eighties? Yeah, breaks and shit they get. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So you know if you look <laughs> at that and you want to compare it to um, American exploitation cinema. American exploitation cinema kind of blew up after that old Hollywood system of the old westerns and all that from the 40s and the 50s. You know, you got into the 60s and the 70s, and these young guys like Scorsese and stuff were doing independent, grimy shit. So I think that's why Canada's producing so much, because they're in a different phase of their film industry up there now. Well, it's not only that, but it's like a lot of these guys, like, they're not just, it's not just production companies coming in and making these films, which that's going on as well, but we got mm-hmm. like homegrown own fucking guys born and raised in Canada, raised on exploitation and stuff that are pushing it to their own level now. Guys like Eisner and Ryan Nicholson. and It just seems to be a new guy in Canada all the time that's making another exploitation film. It's really putting us on the map as far as the whole exploitation scene's going. As far as I... It's the way I see it anyway. Being Canadian and everything. Oh, I agree, man. Like we got a lot of good young directors in this uh, genre coming out of Canada right now. A lot of good up and comers, and mm-hmm. uh, Jason Eisner seems to be leading the the pack right now as far as mainstream goes because he is mainstream to an extent, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Nicholson, sorry, I was just going to say Nicholson. He's more bigger in Europe and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's 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 getting out there too. His shit's way out there though, like hangar and stuff. Like, but Ryan's been doing he's been doing this longer than Eisner has, and he. I mean, Eisner started up fuck what uh, 
five, six years ago, and Nicholson, Nicholson. he's had stuff out since the late nineties, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been, well. He started in special effects, like mm-hmm. and everything. So he he has a whole background, Hollywood background. Yeah, getting back into it, um, I don't know. You guys can make fun of me or whatever, but uh, I, okay. I haven't I haven't had a whole lot of time, you know, to watch movies or whatever. But I did watch one. And it's uh, directed by uh, Ben Affleck, so uh, don't, <laughs> don't shit on I see me too why. much. I see why you're setting this up. The like town, <laughs> the town. Yeah, and that's not bad, man. I mean, the masks when they're robbing the bank are pretty creepy and shit. Yeah, dude, it's yeah. like the fucking Mother Teresa masks or something, or the nun masks, which are is this a horror ass. film? No, dude, it's a uh, you know a drama crime kind of a, crime kind drama of caper. Yeah, caper movie. Um, you know about uh, about a, like a group of guys or whatever. Uh, the rob banks, and um, you know one of the guys ends up uh, falling for one of the the girls. They you know they they kidnap or they don't kidnap or they take her hostage. They let her go and everything. And uh, uh, he, Ben Affleck ends up you know falling for this girl, and uh, uh, she doesn't know his real identity towards the, till towards the end and everything. And uh, I don't directed know I, this. He directed this. Yeah, and he, stars on uh, it. I, that's terrible mm-hmm. when these guys do a movie. Does, it, does this have Casey Affleck in it too? Uh, it doesn't have Casey, which yeah. I'm a huge fan of Casey. Yeah, Affleck. Casey's way better Casey, than Ben. Casey. Yeah, <laughs> he blows yeah. him out the fucking water, dude. And uh, I like I like Ben though. I don't. Lush, I think Lush and I are bad. huge fans of Gone Baby Gone. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but yeah. uh, another one. I he think directed. so. Sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah, that was that was Ben's uh, I think directorial debut was it that was, one. Yeah. No, I think he's a decent director, like, as far as these long-winded uh, crime melodramas go. Yeah, yeah. I think he does a good job of them. And this one I, think he's a, had, I think he's a better director than he is an actor. So. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I definitely agree with that. And it, it also has Rebecca uh, <laughs> Hall in it, and uh, she's uh, she's another star in the flick. And uh, Chris Cooper, which uh, I I love Chris Cooper. He's also in like American Beauty. I don't know if you guys have seen American Beauty. Yeah, he's uh, okay. Ricky Fitz's dad. You know the, mm-hmm. the the one that shoots Kevin Spacey at the end. The yeah. homophobic, you know, you know, type of military guy. But, Apologies uh, to anybody that hasn't seen American Beauty, and I just ruined it for you. Ah, fuck him. Fuck him. But yeah, pleasantly surprised with this movie. I. Uh, you know, I went into it thinking, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not a huge Ben Affleck fan, but, uh, you know, I, I really dug it. And I mean, I, I dug some of his other work, like, um, of course, Goodwill Hunting and stuff and, uh, mm-hmm. um, Gone Baby Gone. I'm not a Daredevil fan by any means. But, uh, you're, you're down with Armageddon, eh? Nah, nah not Armageddon or <laughs> Pearl Harbor is a piece of shit, but, uh, yeah. he has, a, he has his moments, but, uh, that was basically Jersey know, Girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible too. Hey, see, I've, I didn't mind it. Like my motto really? is, I've never, I've never seen a bad movie though. I you really hate. like Jersey Girl? Are you kidding? I didn't me? say I didn't say I love it, and I'm putting it oh. over. I said I watched it, and I didn't pull. Probably like that Geely movie he was in too. Oh, fuck you know. Me. Yeah. Negro, please fucking no, give you an uh, internet slap right you now. You know, uh, I heard, uh, was it Tom Green? He was reviewing it and he called it Giggly. <laughs> That's a good fucking title. That that describes <laughs> it perfectly. That's how you feel when you watch that stupid fucking mindless bullshit. Ever saw it. The highlight of this film, though, was, uh, was definitely a Jeremy Renner. Yeah, um, yeah. He, uh, I, I mean, he's spot on in this. He, he's, uh, he, uh, isn't that the guy who played Dahmer in uh, yeah. the? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's fucking great, man. Yeah, that guy gives me chills every time he comes on screen. He's, <laughs> blo- he's blown Carl up. Carl Cruz is a better Dahmer. Sorry. 
Who's that? Carl Crew from uh, Blood, Blood Diner. Bread. Which one of you guys want to jump? Wow, shit, sure. they recently watched. Fuck, I'll jump in. It's ain't as new as the shit you guys been watching, but uh, I don't know. Uh, yesterday I watched that. You guys see that not quite Hollywood documentary about yes. the Australian exploitation genre film boom? It's fucking great. It is. Yeah. Minus Tarantino, fucking fanboying all the time. Like, <laughs> oh, you had to. He's a fanboy though, so he belonged in it. See, yeah, fuck yeah, you had to shit on him. Wow, to jump in. Uh, <laughs> you guys don't like. Hey, it's these guys turn. don't like Tarantino. Uh, what? You guys don't I, like Tarantino? I love Tarantino, dude. I, love I do. Nate? Yeah, Nate? I do. I do. Oh, I thought you guys didn't like him either. Okay, no, I love Tarantino. Good, good, good. It's good. only me that hates Tarantino here. Very one-sided. Good. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll quiet I'll, down now. I'll rumble all you. Bring a lunch, yeah. motherfuckers. <laughs> I'll quiet down now. I hate Tarantino. Fuck him. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, like I was watching this documentary, so it kind of stirred my interest. Like, hmm, Australian exploitation film. So I started going through my collection, of course, like to see what I all had. And uh, I had a triple feature last night, Ozploitation shit. Watch the original Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's always a classic. But uh, yeah. the, one I, the one I really want to talk about is Road Games. You guys ever check that one out? Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Stacey, Stacey Keach? No. I don't think so. Is that, is that the one in the semi or whatever? Yeah. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen that. I want to see that. I want to say Richard Frank, Franklin, I believe, directed it. Okay. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that's who it was. Is it like yeah. Duel? Is it like what? Is it like Duel? What's Duel? You've seen Duel, right? No. Guy's being chased across the country with this big guy in a wrecker truck or whatever, and he never sees him. And There's been a lot of films, but I think Duel yeah. was the first. I think mm. Spielberg, Spielberg did it. Yeah, yeah Spielberg. it was his first really? film. Not it's really good. Like it's real good. It's from, you'd like it. It's from, I think it's from 72 or 71. Okay. Yeah, you should check it out. Hmm. Well, this one, it more it's like Stacy Keach. He's a independent truck driver, and he's just driving across the countryside. And but he's no, there, he notices this one guy in a green van. He picks up this hitchhiker, and the next morning, like, and as the garbage trucks are picking up the garbage, this guy's like watching the garbage trucks. Because of course, Keach, he didn't uh, get a hotel room. He had to sleep in the fucking truck with his dingo. But he notices this guy <laughs> acting all weird. And, he keeps running into him throughout the movie, and at the same time, there's all these reports of women going missing, and they start to think that Stacy Keach is actually the killer, and he's trying to figure out like the whole mystery, what's going on. Like he's trying to catch the guy, and it's kind of a cat and mouse game, real Hitchcockian style to it. Nice. Yeah, Fuck Jamie. Yeah, Lee. Did. yeah, it's really good. It's a really good, like suspense thriller, like solid Australian film, like. Really nicely shot and uh, yeah, great budget holds up well too. Like you guys really enjoy that. Was that on DVD or did you find a, a copy of that or well, did you end up it, checking that out? It is on DVD, but it's uh, highly out of print. Mm-hmm. I think it goes for sixty to a hundred dollars online. Wow! wow. It, but it's yeah. it's on an Anchor Bay release. I, I also have it on VHS as well. Like I think it was uh, Embassy release on VHS. So you know it's going to be a stellar print because Anchor Bay, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. they usually Shit. put out nothing but good stuff. So. Shitload of special features. There's like a 20-minute featurette, uh, commentary, all that jazz. Nice. But the, well, and, uh, I was just going to mention another one I watched real quick. Yeah. Last night. You guys ever see Razorback? No, I haven't. 
I've heard of that, but I've never seen it. Okay, I watched that one as well for probably the 15th time. I love this film, but it's like a, kind of a Jaws ripoff. It's about this giant razorback boar that at the beginning kills this guy's grandson. He's put yeah. on trial. Not enough evidence, and he like devotes the rest of his life to killing boars and trying to find it. There's some broad. She's shooting a documentary on like the kangaroo slaughter and she ends up getting eaten by the boar. Her boyfriend comes to try to figure out what happened to her. And you got like sleazy fucking Australian guys, like Mad Max kind of guys that are raping chicks and terrorizing people. And, nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a great film. R- really visually stunning too, like way ahead of its time and like the way it was shot with like the dream sequences and some of the lighting and shit. Is it like, post-apocalyptic? Because you said it's like Mad Max style kind of characters. No, like post- just like just that. You know, like they mentioned in that documentary, like these Aussie movies, they, those these guys just pop up everywhere, like these crazy fucking biker, biker like native yeah, looking guys, almost yeah. people. Yeah, they pop up in um, in Weird Science too uh, with Michael yeah, Berryman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was something about the late seventies, early eighties. Like these guys are just making cameo appearances everywhere. That's kind fucking of, awesome. Kind of like the fly in your pornos you watch. He's always <laughs> <laughs> There's always a fly that pops up. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what I've been watching anyway. What about you, Bat? What you've been watching? Well, I mean, you know, I watch a lot of older shit like J Dog here does. So I mean, but. I was thinking, I was like, hey, yesterday I did watch something that's still in theaters because, you know, I'm pirate and everything. But this is a movie that didn't even, like, really matter that you bootlegged it because it was kind of a movie that, like, bootlegging it and it being a bootleg would would enhance it. And that's um, the film uh, that's out right now. I don't know if it's still out. I think it is. Apollo 18. Should be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the pool, I like I got it. had like it had I think it's missing like ten minutes at the beginning, but like I don't know, makes it even more interesting, I guess, because it's basically a shot on video, found footage film, basically uh, Blair Witch in okay. space on the moon, and it, yeah. it, it I mean it makes sense for the situation. Like these guys would go up there and they would have cameras and it would look, you know, it would look like something being documented. So it didn't take you out of the, it made it more realistic. It it, it didn't bother me whatsoever that that's how they decided to film this. It was actually practical. You know what I mean? Yeah. It made sense for the plot. So, um, but yeah, it follows these guys. Three men go up. One guy stays in the ship, the transport, and these guys go down. It's a secret mission um, to the moon, and uh, they they land. And um, actually, this is a conspiracy theory, a realistic conspiracy theory. I think there's a, a bunch of secret missions and stuff that weren't documented, and Apollo right. 18 is one of them. So these guys go up there and they start looking around, and they. Uh, find footsteps that don't match their boot print and they follow it back and they find out they find a Russian lander and they find out the Russians are there and I'm guessing the Russians hadn't even supposedly gotten in the moon yet but they were there but they're but they were dead or whatever and you know it's kind of it doesn't they don't really even explain what's really what even you don't really get like an ending where it explains everything it's kind of just weird they find these weird rocks and they possess them and stuff and Hmm. It's kind of a strange film. Um, 
but I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it was interesting. It was entertaining to an extent. I don't know. I might pick it up on DVD or Blu-ray when it comes out. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, was that was it worth going to the theaters to see? Or well, I didn't go to the theater and see. Well, it. if you, yeah, if you, uh, it, no, I, I probably wouldn't go to the theater. Okay, and see it. I wait till it comes out on video and okay. and definitely rent it. It's worth a watch. So it's in, it's it's definitely entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds half-assed, interesting. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's some some truth or something's based behind. It. I mean, it's like a real conspiracy theory that it's kind of. Ah, there's truth and stuff to it. I got, I got no use for it then. <laughs> J Dog don't like. Oh, you, know you the love truth. that shit. You know, you love that realistic <laughs> stuff. I don't like to hear the truth. <laughs> yeah, I heard. I heard that it was. You know, it was fairly entertaining, but it had. You know, it had a lot of problems. Um, I don't know. I don't remember exactly what the person that told me that said the problems were, but. Uh, yeah, it was probably some of the performances and stuff here and there. And, uh, it, it, you know, it, for a little bit, you know, you think you're going up and you're going to see a, you're watching a sci-fi movie and then you're like, okay. And then it turns into like, um, like a possession movie and it just tries to do too many things. It didn't even have to do that. It w- <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, that would have dubbed it the official exploitation film of the year, but. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what someone but, should do. You know, I guess I was. You know, there is some alien stuff, but it's like alien slash supernatural, so intriguing. Um, like I said, I don't, who knows? Maybe they'll release uh, unrated or something. And it'll be you know have a lot more footage or something to it. Um, so the one I watched, and like I said, I know there was pieces missing because it just starts right in the middle of the movie. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. yeah. not right in the middle, but like. There's a whole, there's a bunch of footage of them briefing them and them getting ready to go, and them saying like it's a top secret mission. And <laughs> I'm making it sound hokier than it really is. But how the fuck did they get? How did they get the, the the shuttle up without anybody actually seeing it? Well, see, that's the thing they don't explain. It. They just show it. I'm sure that they have secret. I'm sure they've got secret locations and stuff like that. You know. um... Our space program and stuff is all based from Nazis. Did you know that? Like, we got all their data and stuff uh, from Nazis, and that's what our NASA program is built off of. A lot of people don't know that. but uh, well, it's because the Germans are fucking smart, man. I, I, I testify to that. I'm German. Maybe intelligent, but also diabolical. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're crooked motherfuckers, too. We're not all but Nazis. I mean, they, they talked about people putting people on the moon since, like, 1958, so, okay, and, like, rocket ships blowing up and shit like that, so, and... Mm-hmm. You know, so, it's interesting, and, you know, it's funny, because, like, I, I remember when I was a kid, like, a lot of people were still entertained with space travel and stuff, but, like, as I got older and, like, in my teenage years, like, mainly in the 2000s, like, nobody gives a fuck about space travel or anything going on with that anymore. And, like, I think that has to do with, like, NASA and stuff. Like, they just feed you the boring shit. And, like, when they actually ever find anything substantial, it's classified. Well, yeah, who the fuck wants cover to it up it. or whatever. It's like, if you really Spaceship. told us what you were finding, because, like, let, let's be for real. You're going to tell us that we're, like, the only... Uh, life form intelligent life form and like the whole universe are you fucking kidding me let's be for real why don't you tell us like some of the artifacts and stuff you're finding and some of the interesting things you're finding along the way because people would probably be more prone to support the space program if there was actually things being found like there really are i mean i've found websites with 
I told you guys about them, like finding coins up on Mars and stuff like that. You don't hear about yeah. that in the mainstream news. Mm-hmm. Yet these photographs are there of coins on the moon or on Mars and stuff. Or like not only that, but like structures on the moon and stuff. Why aren't these being talked about? You know what I mean? So yeah. tell the people about the interesting stuff and then, you know, people will be interested and they'll be more interested to invest money into it too, you know? All right, uh, back into it. Um, I got a couple more. I'm just going to rattle off here real quick. I won't go real in depth with them. Um, I just watched uh, Kevin Smith's uh, uh, Red State. Um, okay. Oh, I was going to ask you guys if you've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just watched it. I think it's supposed to be coming out uh, on the 22nd. Um, but uh, I got another. That was another one I got like video on demand. Uh, it was like ten bucks to order it. But, um, it's only a dollar more, you know, a dollar more than going to the fucking theater. So I was like, fuck it, mm-hmm. get it at home and drink while I watch it. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, no, it was good, man. I, I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, there was a lot of different kind of elements to it. I mean, there were some parts that were fucked up and disturbing and then some parts that were more humorous. And, um, one thing I will mention about it is, uh, Michael Parks, who plays kind of the, uh, the lead guy of this fanatic church or whatever, that guy fucking, I mean, I've always liked him, but he fucking just blew me away in this movie. He was fantastic. The guy uh, that's in the Tarantino films, right? That, yeah, yeah. yeah he played, he's in uh, Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, uh, in the very sheriff. beginning, he plays that, yeah, that sheriff. Yeah. Is he playing that same kind of character? Or? Uh, sort of, but just, yeah, like, same kind of character, just like a fucking religious fanatic. Yeah, yeah, with the same kind of, I'm talking about the drawl and the way he says yeah, his dialogue. yeah. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I got to see that. He was fantastic. So, yeah, check that one out. Um, Any cameos by Jay and Silent Bob in it? <laughs> no, no. Oh, Jay and Silent Bob, okay. <laughs> they don't just pop up, like, out of nowhere. That that would have been acceptable, I think, still. Towards, they just towards, the end, towards the end, there's a when you see the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. But towards the end, I was waiting for Atlantis to, uh, to pop down as God again. But, uh, oh, I love Atlantis, dude. I'm a huge Atlantis fan. <laughs> Oh, she's ugly. Oh, dude, come oh, on, dude. Don't be, don't be hating on Alanis' looks, dude. I think she's pretty attractive for a Canadian chick. Hey, what do you mean for a Canadian damn. chick? Damn! damn fly bitches here. I'm just joking. joking. She, she ain't the fucking, she ain't no national treasure. We, you find, <laughs> you'll find way flyer bitches around here. I just fuck with you, J-Dog, but yeah. <laughs> one more new one. Um, I won't even say really anything about it. What I will say is I watched uh, Chrome Skull Laid to Rest Part 2. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was great, and you can uh, hear all my thoughts about it in my video review on horrorhappyhour.com. dot com. There you uh, go. So that's, that was that's a great all, pitch. That's <laughs> all I'll say about that. Uh, but I'll I'll end it with uh, with an older one that was actually uh, uh, kind of along what uh, J Dog was saying a little bit ago. It was an Anchor Bay release um, called "The Stuff" uh, by oh, Larry yeah. Owens. Uh, Paul Rutherford, he's keeping the world safe for ice cream. Right, yeah. Michael Michael Moriarty uh, had a, a appearance by Paul Sorvino and Garrett Morris in there. Is uh, what was his I'm name? I'm gonna have to watch that. Wow, Chip Charlie. Yes. Uh, oh, this movie's great. Oh, it was a hell of a lot of fun, man. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I've been wanting to see that forever, man. I got a copy of it kicking around. I just haven't watched it because that's I an out of print goofy. DVD too. Yeah, it's. I got it on. I got it on DVD uh, through the mail from Netflix. And, uh, you should steal it. Yeah, I would steal it. You know, I still have it. 
Um, you better keep it. <laughs> I think, uh, Tell them I'm going to steal this. You can keep the rest of my money. Send me the rest uh, of the fucking packaging. <laughs> I, think they'll, I think they'll charge me, what? what is it, 10 or 14 bucks for it? Yeah. Like, well, that's not bad, considering what is it running for, J-Dog? Was it uh, 20, 30 bucks for it or more? Really? I'm not 100% sure. If it's out of print, it's going to be up there. So is that out of print? Bucks? Yeah. yeah. It'd be worth what they charge you, definitely, for sure. Yeah, most of it was you fun. Would, I, you wouldn't I, get ripped off. Yeah. And it's, you know, you'd I, rip I them off. The, so. Yeah. Yeah. I love the whole, uh, just the whole idea of the movie, kind of the, you know, just about American fucking consumerism and shit and fucking, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, uh, greed, you know, greedy corporations and shit like that. Um, but, and then the whole just goofy fucking satire of like their whole, uh, promotion of the stuff, you know, and, uh, all the the commercials that they did and shit, it was it was really funny and really entertaining. And yeah, Michael Moriarty was fucking great, man. But I'll, I'll move on to one of you guys, um, uh, J Dog or uh, Bad. Yeah, sure. I already talked about four, so uh, really, other than that, what I've been watching lately is uh, classic Spider Man, actually. Really? Nice. Yeah, the cartoon even, or yeah, the cartoon, the old sixties. <laughs> I've been oh, okay. uh, retro. That's the shit right there. That that one, the sixty-two to what was it like sixty-five 60, or something? Seven to seventy. Oh, okay, yeah. That that's a great series right there. Yeah, I'm archiving it all right now, like on my. Uh, oh, recorder. you didn't buy the DVD? No, oh. I, I didn't know there was one. Yeah, I think there's a DVD of it all restored and everything it's out made, there, and it's got extra right. features and. Well, there's fifty-six episodes, so I've just been recording them off of Teletoon Retro, and then. Recording them with my recordable DVD player, taking yeah. out the commercials and shit, and kind of yeah. arch- archiving it myself with a bunch That's of other cheaper. shit. That's cheaper. Yeah. yeah, I've just been watching. Yeah, like retro cartoons. Like I watched some Scooby Doo movies the other night. Like nice. Scooby Doo meets Sunny and Cher, and uh, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> Another one uh, Harlem with the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, Didn't they yeah. do a oh, yeah. Gilligan's Island crossover one too? I think no, they did. I could have sworn they did. Get no Gilligan. No. Oh, that, that would have been sweet. It would have been. Yeah, I have every single Scooby Doo episode ever made. I remember that Harlem Globetrotters one. That owns yeah. the shit, dude. Maybe you know why I think Gilligan's Island because I think Gilligan's Island had a crossover with um, Harlem Globetrotters where they got stranded on the island again or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a movie. There was a Gilligan's Island cartoon, I believe. Oh, okay. Maybe that. Maybe the Harlem Globetrotters was on that one. I don't know, man. It's everything blurs together with all that old throwback shit. But good <laughs> stuff. Stuff. Boy, I love that old Spider-Man. I just fucking zone right out on it. The other day, I watched like five hours of it in a row. Didn't even realize it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, whoa! I got to put something else in. You looked up. You looked up, and it was dark outside. Like, oh fuck. Yeah, it was. Like, shit, I gotta get something to eat and get out of spider mode here. Like, yeah, my yeah. spidey, my spidey senses are tingling. Yeah. It's late and I need a bite to eat. His fucking his legs were tingling because he had been sitting for five hours straight. <laughs> that stuff's just classic. It has like a lot of horror undertones and stuff. Like, like a lot of the oh, character, yeah. like a lot of the characters are almost Scooby Doo ish, and like, yeah. like I don't know, it's like. Classic Spider-Man, Scooby-Doo, if you watch that back in the 70s, odds are you're probably a hardcore horror, not like I am. So that's well, yeah, what I've been watching. You want to jump got- into it, Nick? Yeah, sure. Uh, I just picked up the Blu-ray of uh, 
Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey, and uh, wow, nice. I mean, it looks amazing. Uh, <laughs> it just, it's really stunning, and uh, I, I mean, I'm not even watching, I'm watching, you know, I'm watching whatever I can get off my TV here. I mean, I don't got HD, but I mean, I can tell the picture quality is there. I mean, yeah blows any of the vhs's or that's when i originally seen it was on vhs you know back in the day so but um you know the film like i understand it more now a lot of people are like that movie doesn't make any sense it's nonsense you know and there's no dialogue and stuff but it's it's a symbolic film filled with symbolism and stuff and once you can recognize the symbolism then you get the plot but uh, right and i don't even think it can fully be like broken down and like it would probably take you like an entire episode to like you know, sum that film up, but, uh, yeah. you know, definitely, uh, stunning. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of rumors going around and conspiracy theories that Kubrick shot the moon landing and stuff. And that was the movie that led everyone to believe it. And, uh, you know, the film is visually stunning and the way he did it. Um, you could, you could use those same techniques with the backdrop and stuff like that. And you could still pull it off and convince people that it was real. So and it's time. So with that said, it's timeless. So if you if he had faked the moon landing, whatever footage he had done for them would have been timeless even in 2011. So yeah, you know, just my just my take. So yeah. Have you guys yeah. seen the film? Or yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a beautiful film to look at for sure. And I mean, it's just, you know, yeah, it's it's slow and uh, and all that. But yeah, I mean, you got to look a little look a little deeper into it, you know, and put a little thought into it. And I think now, you know, especially nowadays, you know, people are just, they want fucking shit to go fast and they want explosions and explosion death. every 10 minutes. Yeah. Or body. And, uh, yeah. You know, a lot of, a lot of crowds these days probably wouldn't keep up with it, but it's, it's great. Though. And to me, like that whole intro introduction scene of just like, and I don't, I don't, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter if you believe in evolution. I don't care if you believe in it, if you don't believe in it. That whole scene, it's a movie, okay? So that whole early man or whatever, it's really interesting just to watch those whole little events play out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. That holds oh, yeah. me to the screen more than 10 explosions. See, now if they remade that film, they'd have to have all kinds of stupid fucking subplots in there that don't matter just because, oh, we got to have an explosion going on over there. We're not going to explain it because, like, you just keep your attention, you know? Like, it's, it's arbitrary, so... Yeah, see, I'm 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 cool with how it was, you know. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of like silent films, so you know, I can handle, you know. I'm sh- I'm sure there's something out there. Kubrick signed something to where nobody could ever remake any of his films. I hope so. I really hope he put something like that out. There, supposedly, he said that he didn't want any of his films ever released in high definition, and he also said that he wanted all of them to be um, presented in uh, full screen. Huh. Uh, that's the yeah that's and he had that like in his fucking i don't know will or something but obviously that hasn't held up because all the films have been released in hd as far as i know just about even a lot of these older ones i know criterion put out some of his films from the was it, late 40s early 50s so uh, before we before we roll out of the segment here you guys want to tell us uh you know where we can find your show and yeah and- fucking any other places that we can check you guys out? Okay, sure. Yeah, Nick can lay out the website and go like the Facebook page. School, school these motherfuckers. 
Should yeah, I? yeah, we're on Facebook. Uh, just uh, search Exploited Cinema and give us a like over there. Uh, pretty much that's kind of our message board, everything. Like, if you want to know what's going on with our show, you can find out there. If you want to hit us up, I got a question, I uh, got a show question or anything like that, mm-hmm. post it there. We also have an email address, uh, exploited underscore cinema at yahoo.com. Um, our website is exploitedcinema.blogspot.com, and uh, that's usually where all our episodes are posted. And, uh, you know, just check back there. We usually put a show out um, twice a month, every other Saturday. Try to. Uh, we, we try to. We haven't been so good on that. But, like, if you're wondering when the next shows are coming coming up or whatever, or you want hints on what maybe the next show will be, we usually post trailers and information and stuff on the Facebook page. So that really be your best source to know what's going on unless you just want to periodically check back on our website uh, and see if the episodes pop up. So yeah, we usually do. usually post something almost daily on the Facebook page, so can always come there to see what the latest in exploited cinema news is and what else is going on trailers whatnot just some fun goofy things that f- fans and us find and we just post up there just to keep entertainment going in between shows really yeah hell yeah yeah and if these are the if you guys like us i mean this is the other podcast you want to listen to because uh yeah. this is what got me into wanting to do this shit so definitely yeah, yeah. appreciate it we're, we're your inspiration that's right <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's awesome. Nice. <laughs> it's, it's nice to rub off on someone. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> Not in a sexual way, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I set myself up for that one. Kind of <laughs> Put my dick in my mouth there. Or my well, feet, we, whatever. We rub off on everyone we encounter, so... You're just like some yeah. perverted Japanese guy on the fucking bus, just jerking yeah, off you, people. Usually it's, usually it's when they're sleeping. Random. <laughs> the old left cheek sneak, that's always a good one. <laughs> They'll never see it coming. Some uh, Jay Grease words of wisdom. Hell yeah. <laughs> if you're going out looking for a date, take the ether and the ski mask. Hell yeah. <laughs> to save yourself at least 50 bucks that way. <laughs> and if you're a serial killer, leave the box cutter at home. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a heat score. <laughs> uh, well, fuck, that was a great way to end that fucking segment, I'd say. <laughs> Words of wisdom. Yes, yes. It was like uh, Springer's final thought. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, fuck, thanks again, guys, for doing it, man. We appreciate it. And sorry it took so fucking long to get you on here. Ah, no problem. Yeah. That was yeah. I was dilly daddling, fucking around and shit. So it's all good. Yeah, glad we glad we finally got to do it. Well, shit. Yeah, lead us out uh, so we can uh, cut this segment. This is Bat Thirty Two from Exploited Cinema. This is J Dog from Exploited Cinema, and you're listening to Behind the Mask. is precious Welcome to
Hey guys, welcome back. You are joined with Riverman, Nolush, and... What's up, freaks? Red Rocket, what's up, guys? So, uh, Red Rocket, what's, uh, what's going on in the music world? Yeah. Well, in the music world, as I said, uh, in, in the weeks leading up, I know it's taken a couple weeks for this episode to get off the ground, but I was, I had anticipation of talking about the new Anthrax, Worship yeah. Music, yeah. Um, the new Dream Theater, a dramatic term of events, and the Opeth Heritage, but the latter of those two are really, really, really hard. You know, they take a lot of time to digest, so that's just not going to happen. Uh, you know, so I mean, I'll, I'll kind of tell you where I'm at as far as the Dream Theater is up to date. I won't even get into Opeth, but really focus on the Anthrax. Um, you guys, hello, hello. Us guys, what? I said you guys gave it a listen as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I got I got about uh, halfway through it. Me too. Okay. Well, basically, um, whoever's an Anthrax fan out there, I mean, realizes that Joey Belladonna, the classic among the living, uh, spreading the disease frontman from the '80s, is back into the fold, replacing John Bush in the '90s. Um, you know, normally any other day of the week, I would tell you that I actually prefer John Bush's more gruff, lion-esque, if that's a word, style of vocals. It was more of an alternative hard rock in the 90s. Um, I would say Liger-esque. Mm-hmm. Liger-esque. <laughs> but you know what? Um, they really they really wowed me with this album. Um, unlike the other two albums I was talking about, I grasped this one really, really quick. You know, it's not progressive rock or anything like that, but it's just good heavy rock album you know and yeah they they honestly wowed me in the sense that they've been around for 30 years pushing right now and they've really set the bar and the standard as far as you know a band that's been around as long as they have can still release um either you know i'm not going to necessarily say it's their best album it's pretty damn close if it's not but you know something of that caliber spraying it is just it's relevant yeah you know, like you know a oh. relevant a relevant album they did a very good job. They did okay. Out of all the thrash bands, these big thrash bands out, you know, they're all trying to um, relive their glory days. You know, you yeah. have you know Metallica did Death Magnetic. You know, Megadeth had come out with uh, Endgame a couple years back, and um, and then Slayer. Well, Slayer was always Slayer, but even with their last album, it was more raw. Um, I don't really think there was any crazy down tuning stuff. But you know what? Anthrax has done the best job out of all of them as far as um, capturing a little bit of that, but still having a modern sound, you know, and having this happy marriage, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because the the productions on it is fantastic, and there are clear songs um, on there that are very vocal, ca- you know, catchy and hooky in that sense. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's a nice blend of kind of what they were doing in the '80s and what they did in the '90s. You know, not a full on thrash record, but it's very, very, very well balanced. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think there, River? I actually really enjoyed it, man. I uh, I enjoyed. Um, I'm trying to think. Do you have the tracks? Uh, yeah, I, I can tell you. I can tell you the tracks. Um, you know what? Track two, I really enjoyed. It was kind of like you know, track two and three were kind of like a punch in the face, dude. It was just like you know, in your face type of music. Yeah, yeah. And then um, track uh, four 
was uh, kind of you know like a zombie type of. Uh, that was fight them till you can't. Fight them, fight them till you can't. Yeah, that I, I really, I really enjoyed that one. Also, they have some that, little intro about you know the dead are coming back to life mm-hmm. from the grave and everything, which is pretty cool. And then they, uh, I don't know, I really enjoyed that one. And then also the the next uh, the next song after that, what was that? Uh, it's called I'm Alive. I'm Alive. Yeah, it's. I mean, uh, there's a few songs that are you know kind of radio you know that you can hear on the radio, but. Uh, well, I mean, yes. I can break down. You can break down the tracks you're talking about. I mean, the first track is technically an intro into right. the whole record, and it leads into track two, which is called Earth on Hell. And that's, you know, it's pretty formulatic in a good way because it's like, oh, let's start with the intro and let's just have the first track be a thrasher, you know. Yeah. And that's yeah. what the first one is, Earth on Hell, and it really sets the, the pace really well. And then this, then we're going to get into where I think it's just really amazingly balanced because the second track um, is really grooving, and it's the first radio single. Um, I just I don't know. It's it's not real fast, but it's just that groove. And I think uh, yeah. Scotty Scotty Ian described it as an uh, an ACDC song put through an Anthrax filter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see and, that. And then track four is "Fight 'Em So You Can't," which is a little more thrashy and very uh, I, it's very true form in Anthrax. Because back in the eighties, they always wrote lyrics based on comic books. You know, all I Am the Law based on Judge Dredd and they wrote uh, stuff based on Stephen King novels. Very campy fanfare stuff. And not and this Fight Em You Can is definitely a homage to what they used to do. And then track five is the I'm Alive. It's very, very uh, it's easy to picture people singing that one, you know, live. It's very, chan- yeah. very you know, very anthematic. So... But the highlight, actually, once you get past that track, you have the first segue track, which would be Hymn 1, which I think some people might call, there's like four of those, I think, spread across the whole album. People might call those filler. I don't because I look at the album as a whole, you know, and I think they serve a purpose because I love listening to that Hymn 1, and it goes right into those bell chimes of In the End, which In the End is the the highlight of the album, but not to say, not to put the rest of it down because it's, it's just ordered so perfectly. It's like it builds, it builds, it builds. It's great. Then you hit your peak in the middle, which is perfect. This climax. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely the, the key point of the song. And then you got him too, which is kind of, a, no, then you got a song called the giant, which is, um, sort of a thrasher kind of reminds me of the 90s stuff. But then you have him too. And then you go into their homage to Judas priest, aptly titled Judas priest, where if you're a fan of that band, you'll you'll catch in to all the tongue-in-cheek references that they're making. I mean, obviously, he's clearly trying to sing in that Rob Halford kind of nasally range in the track, and nice. the lyric the lyrics are just laden with um, title tracks to titles to Jesus Priest songs. Um, so it's just kind of neat and fun. But yeah, overall, I mean, I had written a couple articles about it, and you know, on the Tumblr and all that crap, and. Basically, it's it's an album, and you know, it, does it sound an, like he's sucking a dick while he's uh, singing the Judas Priest song? Hey, you know what? I will not tolerate that. <laughs> oh, God, on my music segment. Sorry. <laughs> you know what? I don't care. Whatever, whatever gets him, whatever got him, and caused him to be able to hit those soaring, you know, four octave falsettos back in the day. Some singers use honey. He used jizz. Yeah, yeah. his methods. Good for the throat, apparently. <laughs> for the throat. Um, lube up them vocal go- vocal cords with some sperm. <laughs> that's all right. Oh man! Um, hey, if that's see, your look thing. at us. Look at look at us make 
look at us making jokes about it when they were clearly we're talking about the track they're paying homage to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but you know what? It's great. And like I said, this is really a package. It's an album. It's it's not so far. It's not been a record that I can just listen to one song. I start it and I finish it. But yeah, this the the thing about it is it's it's a package deal. It's 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 an album and. It's the first album in a very long time that I can honestly just... I can't pick and single out certain tracks and just listen to them or throw them in a mix. I, I start it and then I finish it. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a big picture here. And the last time I think that happened, I don't know when the last album was that was like that for me. And that just tells me that maybe the album format is just dying. And I don't think it is. You know, maybe... There's not quite an effort being shown here. I don't know, but I think this album is a testament and to people like Tommy Lee, who's in the media right now, uh, claiming that the album format is dead. Nobody wants to listen to that. I can't listen to that. You know, I have to have a mix in my iPod. You know, I challenge him to choke on this album and sit on a pine cone while he's at it, you know? Yeah, fuck, and take, fuck and, Tommy and take, Lee. Yeah. yeah, and take a few notes, you know, because I love the format of the album, man. Who wants the bottom corner of a painting? Bull crap, man. Yeah, Tom, Tommy Lee can say that because Motley Crue fucking sucks. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not my fault. Yeah, I said it. Yep. Yeah, I said it too. It's not our fault that they personally can't create an album worth of good material. I mean, <laughs> why why knock somebody else? But like I said, I just I just gave him and uh, Vince Gill, I'm sorry, Vince Neal, um, a, a, refer- a good reference point. So that's that's what I have to say about that. So go pick up worship music because it's uh, pretty freaking tasty. Um, and the other album, I'll just kind of like give a brief summary. I'm not I'm not ready to give a huge deal on it yet. But the Dream Theater album, it was my most anticipated, and I was actually very shocked that it got overshadowed by the Anthrax. But like I said, that's one of them was very very accessible on first listen. Um, this one I tried not to go into with sort of um, a jaded look on things because of the whole Mike Portnoy fiasco. I mean, um, it's kind of divided the fan base. You know, people that are, you know, we love Mike Portnoy and uh, we love, we, we like, we hate Mike Portnoy and whatever. I was trying to listen to it with fresh ears, so I'm going to judge it, you know, equally here. But it was hard to get into. Um, it seemed like... It just didn't have the peaks and valleys as far as melody and and heaviness and that contrast like I'm used to. It seemed to be really mellow, and it was just hard to absorb. So I just skimmed it a few times. And um, but now after a week, after I listen to Anthrax for a week, I'm starting to pick it up one song at a time, and I'm getting to the point where, you know, I'm I'm really liking the album. Um, but just nitpicking things, they you know they have a new drummer, Mike Mangini. He's a beast holds tons of records um, for speed and things like that, yada, yada, yada. It's got a huge, huge um, um, back catalog. But they really turned his drums down in the mix. It just, you know, Mike Portnoy used to be so popping. He was in the mix, and his drums were in your face. Um, Maybe some people had a problem with that. Maybe the boys in the band had a problem with that. I don't know. But it's like the drumming's good. It's really good. There's, There's some nice, great, complicated stuff going on in there, but it's just... It's just missing something, and I, I can't I can't put my uh, finger on it. But overall, the songwriting's good. Um, I don't know. That's just kind of where I'm at so far. I'm liking it, but yeah, I'll have to give a better update on that when I do the Opeth record. Because, like I said, it's going to take a couple weeks to digest them both. Sure, sure. Um, now, one thing I wanted to ask you: What do you think about? Uh 
one of our one of our people on our uh, Facebook page posted something about uh, that band Decapitated. Um, I, I I'm not aware. I'll have to check it out. Oh, you didn't see that? No, I did not. Oh, Oops. that's been a while back. It was it was Pat Pat Fury. Pat Fury, our resident cynic. Yes, he uh, he posted something about uh, Decapitated. Well he, well, he posted one of their songs actually, and oh. uh, I I took a listen to it and I actually really enjoyed it. Actually, uh, did I? I think I might. I actually, it, this was a long time ago because didn't yeah. I comment on that? Yeah, you did. I think you did make a comment on it. On I listen. That's right. I listened to it, and you know, it was a really long time ago, and I obviously didn't go back to it. But I remember actually surprisingly really digging it. Yeah, that was just. I it just kind of came to mind as something that we hadn't mentioned on. Uh, we didn't mention it on on the uh, last show. No, um, that that's it's been that long. We even laughed yeah. it on the last show. That's why I couldn't remember it. But yeah. yeah. I'll have to go back uh, and listen to it because I remember really, really liking it. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you did any more uh, digging into those guys. I, I plan on it. I, I haven't yet, but I plan on it. No, absolutely not. And I'll make that um, an assignment for sure for the next one. As far as shows on the horizon, I'll be flying out to New York City in a couple weeks. And um, I think I'm going to catch Dream Theater um, yeah. on the 12th of October. And then the next day, I mean, why not? The next day, um, on the 13th, I fly to Russia, where I'll be for quite a while, and I will be going to the In Flame show. Nice. Um, you know, I'm going to try and see what I can hook up with that as well. And who's, man, like uh, it's, who's playing with them at that show? Do you know? I, you know what? From what I can tell, I, it just says In Flames. I don't think there's an opener. No shit. Yeah, so that'd be cool. And a uh, small place, too, so maybe I can, you know... Do some mingling, if you know what I mean. You Fuck know? yeah, man! Those guys play a hell of a set, dude. They really do. I really, really. They were definitely a highlight when I saw them at the uh, the Energy Mayhem Festival as well. But um, as far as while I'm in Russia, you know, I'm gonna try my damnedest to go see certain El- Sir Elton John again. Uh, I know he's not metal, boys and girls, but and you know what? We already made some gay jokes. We won't we won't do it again. But yeah. he's incredible. Oh. <laughs> I uh, and then Sade is going to be there, so I'd love to oh, catch. Oh, nice, dude! I love her. I love them, man. And smooth dude. operator, smooth operator. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, she's. Uh, I, that's great shit. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, but definitely um, for the case of the show, I'll definitely go see In Flames. So yes, get some metal metal injections in there. Absolutely, man. And you know what, man? The the Ruskies. Definitely um, can do some uh, pitching and promotion. You can hand out some flyers over there. And, you know, coming from a seasoned traveler like myself, me being American, they're, you know, probably going to be more apt to actually care what I have to say and maybe even look at the flyer and not throw the trash, you know. I God hope so. Point. The Ruskies God. are our friendskies. Was that yeah. what you say by the bell? <laughs> yeah. Remember Mr. Belling, the Russian? He's not only Russian, he's from the Soviet Union. <laughs> <laughs> but I anyway, just, man. I just hope they don't kill skis, use skis. <laughs> but that's as far that's as far as I got, man. As far as uh, shows I plan on going to here in the very, very near future, and sweet, um, yeah, enjoy and fucking keep us posted for sure, man. Absolutely, man. I'm I'm definitely going global. I'll be going to a um, lot of places here in the next uh, eight months. Sweet, be, be hitting up Europe, Asia, and uh, maybe even South Africa. So keep you posted. Well. And that let's uh, wrap that wrap this up. But uh, that's the metal segment with the Red Rocket. Hell yeah! So uh, come back. We're gonna do our in-depth reviews on a few films. But uh, yeah, you're listening to Behind the Mask. I see no 
three best friends. Man, it's a damn shame nobody really comes up here anymore. Looking for a good time. But when the fun ended, their night. Hello? Anyone out there? Was only beginning. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. That was a great Red Rocket segment we just went into. But yeah, let's uh, let's jump into some of these reviews. Um, first, first movie we're reviewing is uh, The Violent Kind, and this is a, a Lush pick. Yes. Uh, both of these are a Red Rocket and Lush pick. And uh, first one's Violent Kind. You just kind of want to talk about it a little bit, um, you know, I'll when it came out and everything, and uh, a few actors in it, or... Yeah, yeah. It uh, came out uh, 2010, uh, directed by the Butcher Brothers, who also did uh, the, the the movie The Hamiltons from the After Dark Horror Fest. I believe it was the first round of the After Dark Horror Fest movies. Um, so this is from them. Uh, stars Corey Knopf, Taylor Cole, Brett Roberts, Christina McDowell, Tiffany Shepis, and Nick Tagus, among a few others. Uh, but I believe those are the main players in the movie. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much the, uh, you know, cast and crew rundown of it. I and, don't remember uh, Eric Roberts in that picture. Eric Roberts. <laughs> I, I wish, wish he was. <laughs> <laughs> pop it, Tommy, pop it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, basically the kind of the rundown of the movie is, uh, you know, it kind of it starts off as like a, you get kind of a Sons of Anarchy biker gang, you know, type of feel to it. And uh, one of the guys, it's his uh, his mom's 50th birthday. So they go out to this kind of secluded farmhouse out in the woods and up in northern Cali. And uh, they're they're partying it up up there. And let me just say, I I wish my mom's 50th birthday would be like this, this fucking chick's 50th yeah, birthday. Pretty- that was fucking pretty wild, man. His mom was getting like lap dances and like yeah, <laughs> strippers making out with each other and shit. And, oh man, that'll never happen. But uh, I, can, I can dream. So uh, what's your mom making out with? Well, your- yeah, no, I, I just I thought about that as I just said it. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it'd be better for my birthday. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, okay, but uh, Anyway, um, so they go up there to party or whatever, and, and most of the people take off. And uh, then just kind of strange things start happening. You uh, you see these kind of five strangers that uh, you don't really know much about them, but you keep seeing these, um, these like, newspaper clippings and shit like that um, saying that this person was abducted, like, back in 1950-something. And uh, they're all kind of like fucking uh, rockabilly greaser type of di- type of people, um, and uh, so yeah, just w- weird things start happening. These uh, these greaser types end up uh, busting into this cabin, 
and kind of uh, take all these people hostage, so to say. And uh, yeah, all kinds of just crazy madness ensues. But uh, even that, that's jumping to like last half of the movie because the first half is, to me, completely different than the last half. Yeah. To the yeah. point where when we get to that last half where you're talking about the hostage situation where these greasers have them all captive in the house, it's like, for me, the movie, I enjoyed the movie surprisingly. I wasn't expecting to, but I actually, the actors in it, and especially the lead antagonist, really, you know, made the movie. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's like you see the sightings of the greasers throughout that first half, but mm-hmm. honestly, I didn't focus on it. it. I don't know if that's a flaw in the, the movie itself, but, you know, I'd see it, but I didn't really acknowledge it. And we already talked about this in the sense that I, I kind of forgot about the um, the missing posters they'd show. It's like mm-hmm. I acknowledged them, but I just figured in my mind, okay, they're going to come back to that later, so I would just kind of put it out of my mind. But they never did. But anyway, so by the time the greasers did come into play, I – it came out of left field. I wasn't expecting it because the first half it's this biker movie. And then all of a sudden it's like evil dead. And this chick's like possessed spewing mm-hmm. blood and chained to a bed. And, but, um, yeah, there's a lot but, of different, a lot of different elements to it. a lot of things that it kind of reminded me of as the movie went along. The thing about the greasers really, I don't know why it did, but, uh, it reminded me like a episode of, are you afraid of the dark or something? I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just the whole feeling with, you know, I mean, I don't know if, and the fact that they cast Giovanni Rabisi as the lead greaser. Yeah. He looks like him. <laughs> he looks just like him, man. Which is played by, I think, uh, was that Joe and Jenner? Jenner? Like, oh, yeah. Did I not mention him? No. He's, uh, oh, he's man. the best guy in the movie. Yeah he's, yeah. he's the highlight of the movie. Yeah, Joe Edinger. Which is uh, played, uh, plays the role of uh, Vernon. Yeah, Edinger, the, yeah. In the film, and uh, I kind of wanted to jump into like, a little more about the beginning, like, uh, um, like I will oh, hold hold on. I just I don't want to make a fuck up like I did on my uh, Chrome Skull Two review. Um, <laughs> I want to mention, yeah, I just I didn't I didn't go down far enough. Joe Edgender, uh, Joseph McKellier, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Samuel Child, Mackenzie Fergins, and Ilya Matthews were the greasers. Uh, so sorry for not mentioning them. Pussy, right. wa- pussy, wagon, pussy wagon, was, yeah. yeah, pussy wagon and Trixie, yeah. They were kind of like pinup girl style, yeah. And of course, these uh, these girls are way too hot for these guys. Let's just say it's that type of movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to yeah make sure I mentioned those so I don't have to fucking do another apology like I have before. So one thing I wanted to say, like uh, I don't know. Uh, the first half of this movie, like, I completely hated it, or the first 30 minutes of it. I mean, uh, it, it starts out with, like, kind of a fight scene where they're kicking the shit out of some, some random guy or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they're just, like, you know, a bunch of beer-slurping white trash, and that's all I hear, like, for the first 30 minutes is fucking beer-slurping, and it's just getting annoying. Uh-huh. And it's it's totally unbelievable. It's not believable, I think. Um, so... I mean, I I couldn't get into the characters. Like you don't I, you don't you don't believe that white trash people slurp beer like well, that. Well, I mean, God, it's just, <laughs> it's just so like overdone, man. It's just to the point yeah. where I just want to shut the movie off. That that's that's what it was for me at least. Uh, especially the night I was watching it. I don't know if you guys caught that at all, but uh, well, I want to make a statement about that first scene before we get you know past it. You know. When he goes into the house, did anybody else think that the main lead character was going to get it on with his cousin, who I didn't realize it was his cousin? Yeah. But mm-hmm. didn't he feel some sexual chemistry there? Seemed like sure. it was. Yeah. 
then it's like all of a sudden you find out their relatives like they're a little touchy touchy and just so much body language and innuendos and you know, and I was the the scariest part was is I was a little aroused <laughs> when I you found out be. they're related it did things for me they were pretty friendly making you happy in pants and I started slurping some beer <laughs> right. But uh, I don't know, just these, uh, I mean, Cody and Shade and, like, these characters, I mean, I don't know, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't like him at all. Like, there's nothing about him I actually liked. There, I mean, there like, was really quick sum-ups in the, the character development. Like, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember her name, but the one girl that just, you know, she's kind of the lead. She's the sister of the possessed chick, oh, right? Okay. Tiffany Shepes, right? Okay, and Tiffany Shepard, like, the possessed chick. Yeah, oh, she's the pos- yeah, the possessed. Yeah. It's like that. it's like who is this chick? Hey, let's sum it up by a quick thirty second scene on a porch where she says, "That was me sending you all that stuff in prison." Like that mm-hmm. was you, and it's like okay, I guess she, you know she, she's always loved him or whatever because he took her to the carnival when she was thirteen when nobody else would. I'm like okay, fair enough. Yeah, Move exactly. On. But the story yeah, that, was, that was Christina McDowell as Megan. Yeah, that's right. As who played her? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I yeah, guess he, uh, I guess he ended up, uh, the main character, Cody ended up dating this, uh, um, is that Michelle? Yes. That, uh, played, yeah, she, he ended up dating Lovely Michelle for like yes. seven, eight years or something. And they never say how they ended up breaking up. I don't think maybe she's cheating on his ass or something. And, and he didn't really take it. I don't think he took it hard enough. No, he didn't. That's what pissed me off, dude. <laughs> what was going on? You know, he didn't, cause it, he, he, he was, the way I understood it is he was pretty much fresh on the rebound, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that guy should have a lot of feelings going on that's besides the fact that his girlfriend's getting ripped to shreds and possessed and spewing blood or God knows why and getting killed. I mean, let alone that stuff happening. He just, he seems chill, cool as a cucumber, you know? <laughs> Supposedly he was in love with her. I mean, I mean, I don't know. And, I think and the, he, wasn't it he had, he had just gotten out of jail or something, like, recently? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I was saying. Yeah, that's that yeah. shit. Like, because oh yeah, that's another little subplot. That's which we didn't even mention. I don't even know what was going on there, but that other, the other main greaser, the one that they got in the brawl in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, something went down where he said he was like ashamed of their gang because I don't know what happened with that whole him getting arrested. See, there was oh, because so- he he kind of uh, I don't know if he he named name or. Uh- <laughs> you name name. <laughs> you name name. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he if he sung like a canary or something or or what the deal was. I think it was something like that. They never that, really got into it. You yeah, know. I think it was something to that effect. Is he you know kind of opened his mouth up a little bit about some shit so they'd take it a little lighter on him or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe. But uh, but yeah, but, after the after the party, they uh, yeah they show like you know like shots of the greasers, and you really don't know what's going on with all of that. And uh, um, I think uh, Tiffany Shepes' uh, role ended up getting in a fight with her new boyfriend, which uh, didn't really make any sense why the mom would invite the ex girlfriend to the party, which yeah, I didn't I don't really know. understand. I don't know if she. I don't know if she. she looks like crashed because she. Uh, yeah, I think she just kind of showed up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just to cause a scene is kind of how I took it. Yeah, and you make, know, make, make you jealous. Yeah, make out with the new boyfriend in, in front of Cody. So, which uh, you know, it's kind of childish, but I mean, I guess they are a bunch of uh, white trash, so kind of <laughs> fits the bill. Exactly, and that's kind of where things take off. Like after the party's over, Tiffany Shepes' character Michelle she leaves with her new boyfriend, and then something happens to them. You don't know exactly what. 
but she shows back up to the cabin all covered in blood and shit, and that's where things started getting fucking weird. Mm. And, and then, yeah, from there, I mean, it just, it reminded me, yeah, like, uh, like you said, Red Rocket, I mean, it, it, at first it almost reminded me of like an Evil Dead kind of thing. And, uh, well, and it's then, a combination. It's like outsiders merging with the evil dead, then eventually war of the worlds. Well, yeah. no, no, it's outsiders merging let's with not, the evil let's dead. Not any, let's not have any spoilers here, by the way. Oh, sorry. We don't want to give away the ending. Oh, shit. That's all right. Uh, I think, well, I mean, I it who gives a fuck by this point? <laughs> but, uh, well, I forgot. Also, mixed with sometimes they come back. It's like this big concoction of. Yeah, yeah. It's one giant fucking clusterfuck mess, I think. But, but I the mean, actors that, hold it together. Like I said, if the actors weren't there, it would have been a mess and it wouldn't have been worth anything. But the actors were good enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I actually really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm a fan of those movies that kind of change gears, like in the middle of, in the middle of the film, you know? Um, shit like uh, From Dusk Till Dawn and, you know, where it starts out as a kind of a crime caper movie and then all of a sudden it's a vampire movie, you know. Um, granted, you know, this one, I mean, From Dusk Till Dawn is a, you know, superior film. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, this one, I, I understand what you're saying, uh, Riverman. It, it, it is, it could seem like kind of a mess. Um, Too many fucking I, plot holes, I think. Yeah, I just, I kind of... Uh, you know, I didn't. I tried not to take it too seriously, and uh, you know, by the time that it got to, you know, uh, where the the rockabilly greaser folks come in, um, you know, I just I was already kind of into it by that point, and that's where it really took off and got good, uh, or got better. Um, so then, yeah, by the end of it, I mean, yeah, the end of it is just like way out of left. I did not see the end of it coming at all. <laughs> we don't have to get the detail because obviously you don't want to, but uh, you know, we had a little pre-talk about it and you know, I didn't really get it. You kind of enlightened me. Yeah. It was that, it was kind of hard to grasp like what just happened here, yeah. you know, but you clearly followed it really well. And I, I got really into it actually. <laughs> well, no, no, I, I liked it too. And what helped me like it so much, I think it's like you said, it's kind of how you approach it. You first were, you chose the flick and you were bragging about it saying, Hey, it's really good. Then Todd watched it. And then he told me, you know, your feelings on it. Then I'm like, Oh man. So I kind of just kind of let my expectations low and which yeah. helped me out because I watched it and it was a way better, you know, yeah. go into it with no expectations on a movie like that, I guess. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe, I shouldn't have said anything like, oh, man, I fucking, lo-, you know, I really enjoyed this movie. You guys got guys to gotta see it. Um, you know, maybe from now on, we'll just keep our mouth shut when we do a pick. <laughs> you no, know? And no, no, no. It's okay. I mean, because it, it helped me. I like, I like disagreeing about these. Yeah, it, yeah. it helped me. I, it sounds like you're definitely on the positive end, Lush. River, you're probably leaning on the negative, and I'm kind of in the middle. You know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't mind it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought, and the actors mm-hmm. made it worth worthwhile. And I want to give a shout-out to the Vernon, right? That's the lead greaser. The Joe yeah. Edgener, yeah. yeah. Okay, man, he really dug deep and, and found his inner Jimmy Swagger, you know, because he was, he was <laughs> yeah. going for that southern Pentecostal <laughs> preacher voice, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, very much so, yeah. He was channeling that, and I... You know, where it was kind of – his delivery was kind of exaggerated, but it was totally intended to be, you know, like totally mm-hmm. over the top. Yeah. It was it was really good. Liked it. And I kind of wanted to throw in there. He's in the – he's also in that movie Hunger that uh, you actually did a review on uh, Lush. Yeah, he was in that. Yep. And uh, that, one, that one I didn't care much for. 
With, uh, I mean, it's, uh, you know, Red Rocket's uh, boyfriend, uh, Lyndon Ashby, is also yeah. in it. I'm still waiting for that. I want so, to uh, I'll, I'm sending it. Don't worry. <laughs> well, now, wait, well, don't, I won't, I'm leaving tomorrow, so keep that in mind. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that, uh, later, but, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the one who actually didn't really enjoy it. I mean, there's certain aspects I liked. I mean, the whole Evil Dead Possession thing, I do like that stuff, but, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, overall, I just didn't like the characters, other than, uh, Joe, I thought he was, uh, you know, far superior to anybody in the film. But the rest of the characters, I, I didn't like at all because, I mean, they did nothing for me. They really didn't, you know, get into their backgrounds at all or, uh, you know. I mean, I, I can relate somewhat to them, but uh, in other aspects, I can't really relate to them. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I just, it really didn't do anything for me. And, uh, I mean, it would be something I'd watch again, you know, maybe somewhere down the road. You know, I might give it a second shot, but... Uh, yeah. Um, after first viewing, I just, you know, wasn't too, uh, wasn't too gung-ho about the film. Right Yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of wanted to, you know, I kind of want to watch it again, too, just to see if there was anything that I kind of missed out on, you know, the first time around or something. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed the flick and, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, what really made the movie was, you know, the, uh, the rockabilly greaser characters for sure yeah um and, and yeah murder ball jazz vernon trixie yeah. and pussy wagon that's right um they were fucking great and uh i mean i thought everybody was was good enough you know um but they they definitely took it up you know another level and uh and of course tiffany tiffany Sheppis, you know full frontal naked covered in blood i i love that um <laughs> What what what? what I, okay, one thing I want to throw out there. What I didn't understand. Okay, they're supposed to be greasers from the what the fifties or whatever. But right. Murder Ball wears a fucking headset, like a like a headphone, like cassette player. He rocks that, which makes yeah. no fucking sense. I think if you if you see the uh, the newspaper clippings, like uh, some of them, because if if you notice, like uh, what was it, Jazz and uh, Vernon's kind of styles are different, also. Um, I mean, still kind of the same, like, uh, I don't know, like jazz seemed more of like a hipster type and murder ball or not murder ball, uh, Vernon was like definite greaser, you know? Um, so I think, and that's one thing I, I want to go back and watch it again for, because like, if you, uh, if you catch those newspaper clippings, it gives yeah. you, it gives you dates on those. I'm pretty sure. Um, so I think they were, they might've been from like different time periods or something like that mm-hmm. um so yeah there's i mean there's there's little things in there that you kind of really have to look for um they don't they don't come right out and slap you in the face with it that's for sure <laughs> um so yeah i don't know that's 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 yeah one of the reasons why i'd like to go back and watch it again what about you uh red are you gonna go back and uh revisit this film um i don't know man it's one of those things where if it was on tv i would but mm-hmm. you know, I probably won't go out of my way. That's probably just out of pure laziness, though, you know? <laughs> no, seriously, I'm like no, I that. understand. No, I understand. We, there's so many movies out there. It's Yeah, we got. We, there's so many movies to watch. I Honestly, there's very few movies that I watch repeatedly. And the ones that I still watch, like, on occasion, or at least annually, are ones that I've watched since I was, you know, for many years. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Even if I saw a really awesome movie last year that just blew my mind. 
I'm. It's not likely I'm gonna put it in. You know. Oh, most definitely. Unless it's Forrest Gump and it's on every second of the day on every cable station. You know, oh, where yeah. it's passed by, you have to leave it on. <laughs> that and Titanic, I say. That and Titanic. That was on which, a couple days ago. Yeah. Which uh, Lush still hasn't seen Titanic. I'm going to tie his ass down and uh, show him <laughs> Titanic. You've never seen Titanic? Are you freaking kidding me? And then I will show him my Titanic. Never. <laughs> I'll, sink huh. your, I'll sink your ship, big boy. That's right. <laughs> So let's let's give this one uh, a skull rating, even yeah, though it's yeah. where we all stand. Yeah, I got, what, how many skulls? Starting with Lush. Um, you know, I like I said, I really, really did enjoy the movie. Um, yes, it did have its problems, but um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought the writing was the writing was good. It was fun. Um, I thought it was. Uh, you know, direction was, was done well. Um, the acting was good, especially, you know, those characters that we mentioned. And, uh, you know, the just the way that the ending came way out of left field and I didn't see it coming was huge. So I'm going to give it like a solid probably 8 out of 10. Okay. okay. Now I'm curious what you're going to give it there, uh, River, because I'm in the middle, so it'll help me gauge okay. my... Okay, what I was thinking, you know, this, this, obviously, this movie's obviously a mess, I think. Um, I didn't like the characters except the one character, Vernon. Um, I mean, the special effects, I mean, there were some decent special effects in there. But, um, the, I think the whole demonic scene kind of upped it a little bit, bit for me because I love, you know, demonic, you know, entities, yeah. evil dead-esque. But, yeah. um, I would have to give it a 5 out of 10. <laughs> I mean, which is, you know, a okay rate, you know, a decent that, rating. That's, like, that's bigger than I thought you were going to give, yeah. It, it's a, it's actually, you know, it, it's good. I mean, it's not something that I'll, you know, purchase in the future or anything. But, uh, I, yeah, I would definitely give it a 5 out of 10. Well, that compromises my position because I thought you were going to go lower and make my job a little easier. <laughs> um, so I'm looking at between 5 and an 8. Um, gosh, uh, I honestly thought you were going to go lower than a 5. I would have honestly said probably... You know, I want to say 6.5, make it complicated. Okay. That's cool. But, you know, it's like, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I didn't, I, I took it for what it was, enjoyed the acting, and it didn't bore me. There wasn't a second I was bored, you know. Oh, no, not at all. You know, so, I might I have been. Know, the first half hour, I thought it was pretty fucking boring, but. It wasn't boring to me. I was confused. And after the end of the movie, I was questioning myself, sexuality included, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I enjoyed it enough. It, Nothing it, it, new. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching Conan right now while we're doing this, and I'm questioning my sexuality. Everything makes me question my sexuality. Oh, I love Conan. Uh-huh. I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm just kidding out there, folks. Ladies, Conan, Conan O'Brien. Oh, I thought you were talking about Conan the Barbarian. But. No, dude, come on, man. You're the only person that thinks of Conan O'Brien. <laughs> Arnold Conan when they say that nowadays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that dreaded remake, eh? Yeah. That's true. Heard it sucked. Yeah, I heard it's horrible. But yeah, um... You know, good pick overall. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, we might not have loved it, but uh, definitely, yeah, no, dude, definitely not the worst. It, dude, not we the could, worst. No, I, I've seen worse, and I think I think you know, worse has probably been reviewed on here. So, oh yeah, and, and you great, know, I'm, I'm curious to know, like you know, anybody that listens to the show, I'm curious. It's the movie streaming on Netflix, so if you have Netflix, go on there and check it out, um, and let us know what you think. I mean, obviously, we were all kind of in, you know. 
different spots with it, you know. So, and that's what uh, I like. I, I like a movie that we can actually be, you know, we don't have to be like, oh, this movie's the greatest movie. Like, I, I like a movie we can actually, you know, pick apart a little bit, and uh, sure. we don't have to s- suck it off or whatever. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, but that's uh, the violent kind. So yeah, definitely uh, give that a watch on Netflix. Streaming for it's been streaming for a while, so. Yeah, check it out. Let us know your thoughts. And uh, let's uh, let's jump into the trailer of uh, Showdown. For over 400 years, they've developed their own mysterious traditions. For over 400 years, they've had a strict code of honor and unparalleled standards of respect. For over 400 years, they have terrorized the streets of Japan. Now, they want to control the city of Los Angeles. Determined to leave their mark in blood. Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee are ready for a showdown in Little Tokyo. They're two L.A. cops who are hungry for a little takeout. Dolph Lundgren. Brandon Lee. Showdown in Little Tokyo. Great showdown trailer. Uh, Let's jump into the movie a little bit. Um, Do you want to take it over there red uh kind of tell us you know who the director is and um when the when the movie was made and everything yeah this was the the red rocket pick for the show yeah okay the movie was directed by mark l lester um it stars the incredible dolph lundgren you know aka drago mm-hmm. um brandon lee god rest his soul um i Sue me if I can't pronounce his name right. I've never been able to pronounce it right, um, but I'm just going to go for it. Hiroyuki Tagawa. I'll just say Kerry Tagawa. I always forget yeah. the middle part. It's too AKA hard. Shang Tsung. Yeah, that guy rules. <laughs> 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 um, and then Tia Carrere. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Tia Carrere. Oh, yeah. That bass player's a babe. Shame <laughs> <laughs> Weaver. Monita, stupid and competent bitch. Everybody's kung fu fighting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which movie are we reviewing here? Anyway. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, it came out in 1991. Um, It it was a huge flop, and I don't know why. I mean, because it's just. Well, it wasn't 80s, but it was, you know, at the turn of the 90s. It was definitely, yeah. They, you know, ninety ninety one. We still the movies were still very eighties. You know, like Lionheart came out that time. It was total eighties. Still had the montage. Still had the cheesy oh, yeah. no name eighties band singing this triumphant song at the end. And so oh, yeah. we were still kind of there. And it was a huge flop. I think it made like two million dollars or something. It was r- ridiculous, but people didn't respect it. Anyway, um, it takes place in Little Tokyo within Los Angeles. Thus the title. Um, you've got Dolph Lundgren's character. He's uh, born in Japan and raised in Japan, but he's obviously, you know, wider than Todd. I'm sorry, wider than ass. Um, and he's in Los Angeles. And that's what's funny about it, because then he hooks up with a new partner, who is Brandon Lee, who is actually partially 
um, Asian, but he's totally American. So it's kind of that um, clash there, and it's it's supposed to be funny, I guess. Yeah, he, he is not not in touch with his Asian roots whatsoever. No, he's not. He's he's totally <laughs> Valley. He's so Valley and Mall yeah. he's that type of guy. Um, and then Dolph Lundgren spewing about ancient Japanese, you know, stuff and and whatever. Uh, anyway, Dolph, Dolph Lundgren was more Asian than Brandon Lee was in that movie. That's right, pretty much. Well, that that was the joke. That's what. Yeah, it was. exactly. And you know, I like this movie because it pretty much follows a formula, and I like that with a movie like this. I don't need something, you know, Mark Twain esque in the script. But basically. There's a lot of flashbacks to Dolph's um, childhood, which I'm going to keep calling him Dolph. His name in the movie is Chris Kenner, but I'm sorry, mm-hmm. we're going to call him Dolph. Um, he, he, there's flashbacks to when he was ki- a kid in his village in Japan, and his parents were murdered. Okay, we've all seen this done before. Mm-hmm. Um, which yep. you know, I bet you guys can guess it. Shang Tsung's character was the one that killed his parents, but his character is pretty much the leader of this um, sub gang within the Yakuza clan. Yakuza. Yakuza. Exactly. Um, and basically, he's, you know, same old, same old. He's distributing drugs and doing his thing. And he, he's pretty much using gangs of the local area, like the Hells Angels, uh, the Crips, to distribute it for him and, and kind of cutting the profits, you know, doing it smart, keeping clean. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's basically where we're at. The movie actually picks up why these two cops get on the case. Um, <laughs> Well, they both can't work with any other cops. That's the thing. They uh, all their partners end up, you know, quitting, or they end up getting rid of their partners. Yeah, they're yeah. kind of like the the clandestine fucking partnership. Yeah. Well, you know, they 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 couldn't be more different in personality, but they they both bond that they're both very savvy in the martial arts. You know, and yeah. and actually, this movie is just loaded and laden with homophobic undertones. Oh, other, yeah. I mean, it's, it's your basic buddy cop movie with that formula, but man, those guys are so gay and they want each other's rods. Uh, I'd say I'd say more, yeah, homo homoerotic than homophobic. Which which will get to my favorite line here soon <laughs> yeah. on that topic. Speaking speaking of their martial arts background, I remember that part to where uh, um, Brandon Lee was like, or or Dolph was like, oh, how many years have you had trainees like? Uh, um, since I was four, he's like, not long enough for some stupid like that. <laughs> you have the right to remain. You have the right to be dead. It's loaded with a lot of cool, stupid one-liners and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah. What, sorry, what man. One one quick note before I before I forget to mention it. Um, the director, Mark L. Lester, he d- is the one that did uh, Class of 1984, which... Uh, yeah, he's fucking great. He really man. loved, too. So um, I, I, I enjoy that guy's movies, so... He did Commando uh, too, didn't he? Did he do Commando? I think, think. he uh, he might have. He might. Did he direct that? He might have. I'm gonna have to, yeah. gonna have to look that up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sorry. He, he directed Commando. Sorry. Go ahead. Nice. Okay. Yes. Anyway, let's let's get. Um, basically, uh, Brandon Lee's character and Dolph Lundgren's character they bust this one guy. You know, in in this brawl, um, they he loses his shirt. He sees a tattoo on his body, and it sends Dolph into flashback mode. And that's one of the flashbacks we see of his, you know, one of many flashbacks we see when his father and mother are killed. And so you see little kid Dolph, because he recognizes the tattoo as a symbol of that gang that mm-hmm. killed his uh, his folks. So mm-hmm. that's this, was, this was after they took him into custody, though. Yeah, this, uh, this, yeah, they took him into custody, and they tried questioning him. And then he killed himself by snapping his own neck, which I didn't even think was possible. It's the honorable death. Don't you know that? 
But, but I mean, like, <laughs> that was and, crazy, though. That was awesome, dude. I like that. You know, so um, you got Shang Tsung's character. He's doing what he's doing. Um, he, there's this a bit, a key scene in the movie is where he takes out sort of a competition. There's this other guy, this other gentleman, Asian gentleman that owns a really popular nightclub within Little Tokyo. He has him killed, which, by the way, the scene's incredible where he has him crushed in a car compactor. Okay, okay, you're getting into this. Let me jump right in here. One thing. Okay, there's – okay, one frame in the movie they show – where he's the, getting crushed in the thing? You could obviously dolphin. tell it's a dummy, dude. No, <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I was about to get into. Oh, I'm sorry. Why, I didn't mean this, well, that's why the scene's so incredible. It's, yeah. not, it's not because he's getting crushed in a car compactor. We've seen better stuff than that. It's because it's the most blatant, obvious dummy in the oh. world. <laughs> and I love it. It's horrible. I love it, though. Yeah, I agree. I oh, yeah. And there's, there's one more good one, too, I'll point out. Um, something just as cheesy. But, yeah, he kills this guy, and he takes over his club. Anyway, we have this big scene where he's throwing a party at the new club he's acquired because he's just killed his competition and taken it over. Um, and there's this one American girl. This is where we get into the, the situation. And I guess he, she is one of his girls. She's a white girl and into drugs and cocaine, that whole scene. Anyway, she gets in trouble. She gets in trouble for supposedly tipping off the guy he just killed. Um, that, you know, uh, Shang Tsung, I keep calling him Shang Tsung, forgive me, whatever, was after him, and he got wind of this. So that's that whole scene where he pulls into the office and, you know, expresses his uh, concern for her disloyalty. And, you know, she tries to offer herself to him, like, sex and her body and whatever. Well, he ain't well, falling she wanted to do it in front of all of uh, all of his cronies too that are standing around. That's what she said. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And you know, he uh, he gave her some drugs or whatever, um, some methamphetamines, and um, and you know, he starts kind of seducing her and groping her and doing her whole thing before decapitating her. And this is my favorite scene in the movie because if you push pause right at the right time and just kind of skip it by frame, her head turns into a paper mache head. <laughs> oh, really? I'll have to go oh. back and. Yeah, dude, pause it right before he's about to do it and just frame skip it, and it turns into, like, the worst paper mache head you've ever seen, and it's brilliant. <laughs> but the, the thing is about that scene is if they could have, you know, added an extra couple frames of the... I mean, they showed that head getting cut off, but they showed, like, a few seconds more, I think it would have been crazy, dude. Yeah. Well, the, no, the thing is, is they did originally. That movie, oh, had, an, that movie had an NC-17 rating. They had the really? trim it. Yeah, it did. They they took out. I think it was one or two extra frames of the head slicing scene that put it over the edge, like you oh, said. Sure. It wanted. Yeah, so that was definitely extended. Like you could actually see a severed head. Like afterwards, I don't know if they showed it or they picked it up or what. Um, we haven't gotten to it yet, but Shang Shang Sung picked it up and had sex with it. I I don't know, but. <laughs> But you know, yeah, it was it was it had to be really really toned down because I guess it was really violent. And also, we'll get to it in a moment, and I'll, I'll come back to it where they they took out a scene. But um, the movie progresses, and so this chick's obviously dead. This is where the cops come into play, and then it's kind of you know they get they go to the scene of the crime, and of course he's connecting it with the whole Yakuza gang, and he's trying to dig deep in that sense. Yada yada yada. Tia Carrere's character comes in. She's like a she works for the nightclub. Yeah. Uh, as a performer and she was friends with this girl that was murdered by Shang Tsung. And this is where it all comes. <laughs> murdered by Shang Tsung. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, man. These people no, are, 
It's, it's hard like, to pronounce his name. I agree. No, Kerry Tagawa. I can say Kerry Tagawa. I just like okay. he's Shang Tsung to me. You know how I go. Shang, no, I agree. Shang Tsung. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> So Drago goes looking for Shang Tsung. <laughs> Drago. <laughs> perfect, then the, dude. Then the crow shows up. Yeah, the crow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, people can relate to that, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so... So anyway, it just kind of – there's this big scene where they go and bust the joint open. They find out where uh, Shang Tsung is chilling out with his cronies and they're in a big – it's that hot tub scene, that big steam oh, yeah. room, which is the which is awesome scene too because they get into this giant shower room brawl. Freaking the crow, Drago, and Shang Tsung and his freaking cronies. <laughs> and I love that scene where um, Dolph is fighting the big fat guy in the pool, you know, and the famous scene where he stabs him in the gut under the water. Yeah. And then you hear that like – Cheesy stock scream everybody in the world's used in every movie and cartoon. The yeah, the Auto Monster scream. You guys remember that? Yeah. They're all wa- they're all wearing their fucking um, what are they diapers. called? Sumo, sumo wrestler diapers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how that, I know. I love how that fat guy is just. I love how he actually makes audible noise underwater. <laughs> <laughs> He's like swimming underwater, dude. Like doing laps and shit, dude. <laughs> but that's that's one of the scenes also that got cut. No, that scene got cut also because that scene was a lot more gruesome originally as well. Because in the original one, he stabs him and then he twists the knife around gruesomely in him. Rips him and off. they took that out and just pretty much left it at the stabbing. Do they have yeah. an uncut version of this, or like because mm-hmm. I I just have it in like an action double feature, but uh, I just no, 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 they don't. No, because I have the original as well, and it's not it's not uncut. They I think they stripped it down to release it in theaters, so it's there's not an uncut. I believe. I don't I think they really, did. They didn't really have a whole lot of uncut stuff back in the day. I don't think. Yeah. Whatever, whatever they released is what we got. Um, but anyway, so somehow in the mix of all this, this it, they they retreat to Dolph Lundgren's <laughs> home, which I guess he built with his bare hands. It's very Japanese style. Yeah, he's Dolph Lundgren for fuck's sake. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's, <laughs> just he sitting can, in the hot tub with. Uh, yeah, Tia the whole time. Tia Carrera. If if uh, if he can break Sylvester Stallone, he can build a freaking Japanese hut. But, he build a Japanese empire. Absolutely. So yeah, <laughs> of course he's going to get the girl because he's the awkward looking white guy. Um, but that? yeah, there's. Well, I mean, he has a thundercock, dude. Well, yeah, we're getting to that. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> they're at they're at the retreat. They're trying to keep her safe, especially. And then there's that scene where they all go to bed. But of course, he's in the hot tub, and then she comes out and kind of seduces them. May I get in? Takes off her freaking robe, and you see her smoking body, and they get in. Yay. And it just kind of you know lets our minds fill in the gap of what happened. And anyway, the place gets raided by the Yakuza's, and then here we go. We got that scene where he has to get out. You know, we see his big, muscly, shiny ass, and yeah, he, has get, he has to get his sword ready and his whatever. Yeah, that's, a, that's a tight, hard ass, too. Yeah, he's that. still like <laughs> Van Damme. I like seeing yeah. Van Damme's oiled down ass. His, his ass <laughs> like a lot of good. Dude, I could see my reflection in Van Damme's ass in that movie. <laughs> Brandon Lee's all fucking jealous because he's... No, like, no. Yeah, dude, that's the best. That's the greatest line in the whole movie because they're... These people are raiding the house, and then it's this. You find Brandon Lee. There's this awkward moment. They're like looking out a window or whatever, getting ready, loading up, and he just like he makes it aware that he saw what happened outside in the the hot tub, and he's like, "And let me just say, you have the biggest cock I've ever seen on a man." And it's just really awkward. And the Dolphs like, "Thanks, thanks. yeah, thanks." <laughs> and neither one of them are good actors, so it just makes it even more awkward. You have the biggest yeah. cock I've ever seen on a man. Thanks. <laughs> 
It's like, who says that? I mean, if, if, you know, Lush, if I walked in on you in, in, in the hot tub in the backyard and you had a massive 10-inch dong, I would probably never want to speak of it again. And I'd probably lie about how mine was for the rest of my days. <laughs> I would sit there and compliment you and be like, wow, can I see it? Can I touch it sometime? <laughs> Great job, buddy. Yeah, good job. Take uh, your vitamins. Oh, yeah. So uh, basically Dolph's, uh, what, half naked in the house, you know, fighting off all the bad guys and throwing uh, size and ninja stars and whatever he can find at the, the fucking bad guys. There's probably like 30 or 40 uh, Yakuza corralling the hut. <laughs> Rustling up the doggy. And, of course, Brandon Lee has the... The big shotgun, and he's fucking blowing people away. But yet, uh, the white guy is using all the Japanese uh, size and uh, weapons and what what have you. But uh, yeah. which is kind of funny too. In the in the midst of all this, I was saying um, Tia Carrera's character gets kidnapped right. and, while they're distracted, and Dolphin ends up losing the hut. You know, um, if I remember correctly, it burns down. I yeah, um, and that's where you learn. You know, I built up my bare hands, type of thing. But so anyway, they got to go looking for Tia Carrera now. They got to go looking for Cassandra. Well, they ha- they have them captive, dude. They have them fucking tied up and shit. Oh yeah. Well, you fill me in, man. Yeah, exactly. I missed the whole plot point. Well, go yeah. On. I mean, they they take him captive, and that's uh, a good scene where they're in the truck. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, and then they have him like strapped to some uh, uh-huh. I don't know some some metal. I don't even know what you call it, like. Uh, like sewer metal, gr- I don't know, grade or something, and they're fucking electrocuting him and shit. Yeah. And, it, and it's like fucking Total Recall when they're like going crazy. <laughs> you know, that type of stuff. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's kind of funny. But, I mean, yeah, they have like, I think they have like needles and shit sticking out of their stomach too, which doesn't make sense. It's like they're doing a, uh, um, some sort of acupuncture at the same time, which is kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, and then, uh, then you kind of jump into, like, Tia Carrera, um, kind of sh- her and Shang Tsung. He pretty much wants to, you know, um, get his dick stroked and shit from her. So, uh, and hold her hostage at the same time. But, um... Might as well get every bang for your buck you can, you know? Exactly. And that that's what kind of kind of leads into uh, the trying to, trying to go after uh, Tia. And uh, go ahead, take it over. Well, no, yeah. They, they go after her because she's gone. They escape because they're, you know, hard asses. Shang Tsung rapes Tia Carrera's character, mm-hmm. um, which, by the way, that's something else that was edited. You know, we didn't really see much, but the original was pretty brutal from what I've read. Yeah. And they cut that out. You know, that was an NC-17 guarantee, I guess, is what they said. But, you know, so, of course, they go seek, seek vengeance and pretty much... It all leads up to the final showdown in Little Tokyo in the middle of the streets, you know, and it takes us pretty much to that. And there's really nothing else to really talk about. It's just kind of your classic. Okay. Let me jump in here. There is something to talk about. What? Dolph Lundgren's gi or whatever the hell he's wearing, his stupid uh, stupid bandana that he wears with the fucking Japanese flag on his uh, bandana. he he ditches yeah he ditches the whole I'm no longer an American cop yeah I have to get into <laughs> warrior mode gets his fucking gi on dude and, uh, yeah he just like totally his, hates his, he just totally hates being white <laughs> his fucking submachine gun and he thinks he's a uh, fucking Rambo dude which he is but yeah uh, he's he's like only only the ninja can break can rescue this you know go in stealth mode which uh, ninja uses a fucking submachine gun which is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's very well, ninja esque. I'm sure your daddy touched you well. <laughs> yeah. Don't you dare bring up his daddy in front of him. He'll teach you. I know, dude. Hey, when I when I took Taekwondo back in the sixth grade, they taught us machine gun training. Okay. <laughs> Taekwondo, you pussy. Right. Hey, my grandma signed me up. Fuck off. <laughs> anyway, so that's pretty much the meat of it though you know it all leads up to that final showdown scene which of course it all comes out that you know i'm the one that killed your parents type of deal and and which which blows my mind this whole scene's great because there's like a carnival like going on and in the middle of the streets shang song takes his shirt off to reveal his traditional body of tattoos um you know representing the gang but it's so clear that he's wearing a see-through um t-shirt like with these prints on on it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You can see the plastic sleeves and the plastic neck hole. So it's all, like they couldn't even afford just to give him fake tattoos for that one scene, like paint them on him. They had to get <laughs> yeah. this, this freaking. <laughs> it's horrible, dude. And fucking uh, Dolph, Lund- Dolph Lundgren's wearing like a skirt, skirt gauchos, or I don't know what you want to call them, but uh, yeah, they're like uh, man-made gauchos, dude. For, does anybody man, remember? Dude. Does anybody remember uh, Shang Tsung's death scene? And how great that was. You remember it? Oh, yeah, I did. Go ahead and talk about it. You talk about it. Um, Well, basically, uh, doesn't he get thrown against some, like, uh, some twirling... uh, Like like a wheel, like a spinning wheel. Twirling wheel wheel and, like, fireworks are going off. And wasn't he, like... Wasn't there, like, a bunch of knives thrown at him? And then, like... Yeah, yeah, the whole deal. The whole thing starts... The whole thing blows up at the end with him on it, which is fucking hilarious. It's a great... (laughs) No, it's... In an otherwise pretty um, by the book cliche action movie, it's got a really really creative kill scene for the final. Film. <laughs> that was pretty. That was pretty epic. You know, <laughs> I love it. It's my it's my second favorite kill scene next to uh, the Shredder in the original Turtles. The old falling off the rooftop and getting crushed in the oops in the trash compactor. I love that. <laughs> and then he doesn't die. He's just in the dumpster in the second movie. He didn't. I just <laughs> he's got a couple scratches on his face. Like okay, when, when Shang when Shang Tsung is stabbed by like the fucking the saber, not I don't know what you call it the 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 knife or the katana uh, katana or whatever. It looks it looks fucking horribly fake. And then he like he throws him into this thing, and I mean yeah, like he's uh, gonna throw him into it, and he's gonna stick to this uh, twirling. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, Japanese like. Uh, Whatever. I mean, it, it looks ridiculous, but it's yeah, fucking, right. it's fun though. Yeah, you're right because he he impaled him with the katana mm-hmm. and then thrust him on this wheel, and he's just like, you know, he just spreads all his limbs out across this wheel, like you know, he's I don't know, like he knows he's supposed to be on a wheel, and it starts spinning around. And, and then the the dummy body just keeps going around and around. And it's like hitting the, hitting the cement and everything, and just looks horrible. But it's great though. I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, and then that's the movie. Yada yada yada. We assume we assume him and Tia Carrera have lots of white, awkward, ugly Asian babies, and you know, and Dolph has found a new friend in the crow, and they live happily ever after. Some cheesy words are said at the end. You know, smiles given and nods done, and you know, credits roll and cheesy eighties theme and endures. I mean, it's pretty much pretty much it. It's uh, you know what though? It's it's a great action film, and I think it stands on its own for uh. You know, some of these action films are just like you know, completely horrible. But uh, like I, this one I actually you know, I look back and I actually remember remember a lot about it. It's not like uh, the typical you know Steven Seagal like piece of shit movie. <laughs> um, 
I don't know how you guys feel about it. I'm not usually... No, I, I love this movie. This is one of my favorite action movies ever. I mean, like I said, it's it's formulatic and traditional in many ways, but, you know, that's that's almost why I watch a lot of those action movies, you know, because yeah. I know what I'm getting, and I like that. I'm comfortable with that. And they're campy and all that stuff, and I've been watching it for years. And normally I'm not a fan of Dolph Lundgren as a leading man, because most any other movie that he's a leading man, minus and omit He-Man, are straight to DVD. It's yeah. kind of low budget, minus Masters of the Universe, which that movie blows. That's for another time. Oh, come on, man. Hey, it's for another time. I'm glad we disagree on that. The key! The key! Um, <laughs> yeah. Dildo, or was that a Yeah, I don't know. Dildo, dildo or something? Dildo, yeah, that works for me. Uh, <laughs> you got an eight-pack. You're cast. Like don't even don't even bother letting the guy read a few lines from the script to see if he's good. Okay, <laughs> but, you know. But anyway, like I said, it's I Just might. Fan- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's not a leading man. He's not, but I love him in this movie. And um, I, I love I still, Brandon Lee too. He's fucking no. Crazy, I love Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee really did in his even in the Crow. He wasn't a great actor by any stretch, but he was getting better. Like, if you watch the few movies he was in, each one he got a little better. He was on a stride, and I really think he could have been... He could have had a lot more promising of a career. Did I mean, you ever a, see Rapid Fire? I think he dude, was no, yeah, yeah, Rapid Fire is amazing. That came before Showdown. I've never seen that. I have it, man. I had to, like... You got to check it out. It's, yeah, uh, is it good? good. Yeah. It's it's really good because you know I saw Showdown first. That was my first Brandon Lee movie because he's only he's only had a few movies. That one movie that we were bringing up, that Laser, whatever. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. And then whatever. I don't think anybody saw that. And then you have Rapid Fire, and then with Powers Booth, you know, Mister Eighties Bad Guy himself, next to Eric Roberts. Oh, yeah. And then you had this movie, and then you had The Crow, and then we all know what happened after that. Mm-hmm. But. Rapid Fire. I, I had seen Showdown for so many years. Then I came across Rapid Fire maybe like six years ago or seven years ago, and I wasn't used to Brandon Lee being the leading man because I was just so accustomed to him being kind of the bumbling sidekick, com- complimenting his dick. You know? yeah. And he was. He was a good leading man, and it was a good movie, good action movie, good cop movie, and he held his own the whole movie. And it's really, really good, really good. And anyway, he got better and better with each movie, I think. And he still wasn't peaked at The Crow, of course. Now, a lot of people think, you know, oh, he, he could have been huge. I don't think so because, I mean, The Crow wouldn't be what it is in, unless he died. That's the reason why it holds cult status. I mean, come on. You know What's what, that? though? I mean, back in – for a 90s film, though, it was pretty uh, – it was a pretty uh, dark and kind of an yeah. epic film. I, yeah, it was I think innovative. It, it stands out, I think, for it is a good the 90s, dude. It is a good movie. The acting's awful, even yeah. down to the, even down to freaking Winston, freaking Winston, more freaking Ernie Hudson. I mean, the, well, no, he's the only person that's good in it. But it, yeah, he was he was a little more grounded. Everybody else was like really. That, over that's top. that's exactly what I was going to say. It's yeah. one of those situations where it throws the movie out of whack because he is good and everybody else isn't because you need consistency. But but no, I do like the crow, and it's plus the bad guy in it's the guy from Three Musketeers. I might have been mistaken. What? I don't know, dude. You can. I I still like Ernie Hudson, dude. I think he's great. I love yeah, Ernie yeah. Hudson, man, that guy will do anything for a dime. He's a working actor. You know, I right. love it. I love to talk to Ernie Hudson, though. I love Ernie Hudson. That's a big Twinkie. You know, <laughs> that, <laughs> that villain guy. What's his, his name's like? What, what's Michael Winslow? I think. 
Yeah. Uh, yo, the police academy guy. I saw Michael Winslow stand up once. Or no, not no. What the fuck? <laughs> not, not that Michael Winslow. Um, God, what the fuck? His name's Michael Wincott, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but he's good, man. He was in that fucking. You ever see that Eddie Murphy flick called Metro? I never saw it. He was oh, the I've villain. Heard of that, yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. You should, you should check it out. But he was the villain in that too, and uh, he was fucking just. He was great in that one also. Wait, 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 wait. Are we are we talking about? What is he also the villain? What's the common movie here that we're comparing? Oh, from the Crow. The oh, is, this, is the crow. that is this the bad guy in the Crow? Okay, yeah, I didn't yeah, know his yeah, name. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's the second in command under Tim Curry in uh, Three Musketeers. And yeah, uh, yeah. there's another there's another movie he's in. I can't think of it. Oh, he's in uh, Alien Resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, there's one scene in uh, in that Eddie Murphy flick Metro where uh, you know the villain guy he's in jail and Eddie Murphy is talking to him on the phone through the glass or whatever. And the dude's starting to, like, threaten Eddie Murphy. He's like, we have a saying in Naples. And fucking <laughs> Eddie Murphy's like, we ain't in no motherfucking Naples. And just, like, freaks out on him. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. But, yeah, he, that guy is a fucking awesome villain. He, he really is, man. He just he just I, got that voice. I forgot your homeboy, uh, Red Rocket, uh, Tony Todd, was in uh, The Crow. Yeah. 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 I forgot about that. I know how big of a Tony Todd fan you are. Yeah, you know what, man, we've been over this. I know, I'm just messing with you, too. You know, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I, I thought Tony Todd played the uh, the voodoo priest in the original Child's Play. But, it, of course, it's not, but I always yeah. thought they were one and the same. You were an abomination. <laughs> I, I love that guy, man. No, uh not, it's like, not anymore, duh, not no more. That whole scene. Yeah, Michael, Michael Wincott, that's the guy's name. I no, still think Michael Winslow is a better villain. <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, stand up. Three, two, one. One, two, three. What the heck is bothering me? Hey, that's that's Carl Winslow. Right? I know. Sorry. I had to throw that in there. Oh, 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 I had to give Carl a oh, shout out. Like, I love you, Harriet. Mother Winslow. <laughs> I love Pack your bags, Edward. Pack your bags, Edward. Hop <laughs> <laughs> in, Dad. Hop in, Dad. We'll, wow. we'll, we'll, yeah, have we just, to, we'll have to do a Family Matters episode someday. <laughs> we just really got away from Showdown. I don't care. It's fun, man. <laughs> we, we pretty much wrapped up Showdown. We wrapped up the movie. Yeah. And then we were just talking about Brandon Lee and his, his movies and stuff. We went from Showdown to The Crow to Metro to Family Matters. Well, I kind of wanted to linger on Michael Wins a little bit more, but we, we, we wanted to ditch him all the quicker. I don't know why. But, <laughs> but let's jump into a, a rate or a skulls. How many skulls do you want to give this film? Uh, who wants to go, who wants to go I'll first? Start, I'll start it. I'll start it by saying that, you know, the, the rating system is very odd. It just depends on what you're going for. For this kind of movie, man, I would give it nine just because mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, it's my type of movie and it's. It's a nine within this genre, if you get yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm going... Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for me, man. What about you guys? What you got, Riverman? I would go off of uh, off of cheese, off of good one-liners, um, actors. You know, they're not solid actors, but they're great actors for action films. Um, Shang Tsung, I think. Uh, he's the highlight of this movie for me. Um, of course, I love Brandon Lee and Dolph, but uh, Shang Tsung is... Uh, <laughs> I'm still calling him Shang Tsung. What the fuck? But uh, <laughs> he's still... Uh, I mean, he's the villain that just... Uh, I mean, he gives me the creeps. I mean, watching him and everything. I mean, even in like a Mortal Kombat or something. I'm like, okay, he's the he's the token villain that should be the villain. Yeah, and uh, because there's... You know, there's some movies out there that... You know, they throw in like... Uh, 
you know, a bad villain, which kind of ruins the whole movie. But uh, that kind of made the movie for me. Um, the death scenes were really cool, creative. Um, the beheading was crazy. I really liked that. And uh, the, the car compact scene. I would definitely uh, recommend this movie. I would give it an 8 out of 10. Um, ten let's just say, uh, I don't know, my rating scale would be different. Uh, 10 out of 10 for me for an action movie it would be Total Recall 10 out of 10. This oh, would absolutely. Be, this would be 8 out of 10 for me. T two would be a T two would be an eleven out of ten. To me, that's the that's the uh, you know gone with the wind of action movies. As far yeah, as yeah, no, I agree. That'd whatever. be a ten out of ten too. But uh, yeah, this would be an eight out of ten for me. I really enjoy it, and I would highly recommend and, it. And I was going off as well. I, I would say my ranking goes from nostalgia as well, just because I grew up with this movie. Yeah, that really right. helps. But yeah, definitely. And I want to say before uh, Lush gives his rating, uh, Shang Song. Like you said, he is pretty much typecast as that villain. He plays that same that same villain in every movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he might steal souls in one. He might just kill freaking and snort blow <laughs> off of hookers in another. Whatever. He's the same guy. But it makes it all the more delightful. When he's you, such a great villain, though. Well, I mean, it makes it all the more delightful when you watch him in an interview. And he's so humble, and he doesn't even talk like that. He's like, well, yeah. it's a really great movie. He's, he's, more, he's more white than us, man. He's like, yeah. it's a great movie, and I like it. And he's like, you fool. He puts on that voice and all. <laughs> Your soul is mine. Yeah. yeah anyway, I'd, right. I'd, love, I'd, I'd love to see him in just like a just a normal movie where he's like a fucking, just a working class dude, just normal, you know? <laughs> well, he has been. <laughs> he's so he's weird. A, he was in a Disney movie called Johnny Tsunami. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. He was in Johnny Tsunami. And he played Johnny Tsunami's grandpa. He was a surfer. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was, he was yeah, a nice guy in that one. He was yeah. a nice guy. He talked in his normal voice like, hey, Johnny, come on, man. Let's hit the waves. Yeah, I'll teach you how to surf, Johnny. He didn't talk like that. He totally talked like a white guy. <laughs> teach you how to surf, Johnny. <laughs> I don't know. I was just kind of making up my own. You were being a racist. Let's just let's zone <laughs> on the problem. You have to focus uh, and admit the problem before we can cure you. That was, some, that was some stereotyping. There. <laughs> well, wasn't he supposed to be? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to get. I don't want to dig myself a deeper hole. There. Take a look in the mirror, Lush. That's I'll just. I'll just give the fucking rating. How about that? Hey, before <laughs> you give the rating, uh, I want to throw out. He was also in the movie Twins. Was he? Was he? Yeah, I. Uh, I am. I am. He beat him up. Yeah, a few days ago. He plays the Oriental Man. That's his name. <laughs> Did he, yeah. did, he, did he say something like, oh, you are twins? Yeah, probably didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to get in so much trouble. Dude, they forget. You know what? His scene might have got cut because I've seen twins a million times. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, dude, that's what it said right, on time IMDb. To time to go back and watch it one more time. <laughs> I love it. I love it how they refer to uh, as their, their creation as the sperm milkshake, Danny DeVito. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love twins, dude. Dude, David, right. <laughs> oh, okay. Go for it, Lush. Go for it. Rating time. Um, yeah, yeah. Ba- for this one, uh, yeah, based on cheese and uh, you know, just like uh, like you said, Red, the you know the the nostalgia of it. Um, I mean, I know that when I was in God, whatever fuck grade I was in, I was young when that movie came out. Um, I, I must have watched it a hundred fucking times because it was awesome and it showed Tia Carrere's tits in it. Um, and it was, yeah, it had, it had like great, you know, great death scenes and shit. Um, so yeah, based on cheese and like nostalgia and goofy one liners and then just like the, uh, the little mishaps where like you, you know, it wasn't meant to be like that, but you could totally tell it's a dummy in the car when it gets crushed, <laughs> you know, shit like that. It just makes it even funnier. Um, I'd be I'd be apt to give it a uh, 
you know, eight, eight and a half, something oh. like that. Probably an eight and a half, eight and a half to a nine, let's say. Uh, Very good. Somewhere, somewhere in between there. It, it's it's a really fun movie, and uh, you know, it's it's one that I you know, I would I would like to watch every every so often, you know, just to have a have a laugh at it and just you know enjoy it. Uh, That's cool. Just for old for old time's sake. Oh, we, uh, see, yeah. we see a theme here. We see a theme here when we all pick a movie from our childhood. We're of course all going to like it. We need to, in right. the first movie where you saw it and recommended it. We were pretty divided. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so we should have one of those every episode. At least one of those dividers. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, cool. Well, uh, I think we've uh, beaten the horse to death on these fucking reviews. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. But uh, let's uh, let's lead out into our. Uh, our closing segment. Uh. Oh man, you guys have been listening to Behind the Masks. Thanks a lot. Welcome back to the show. This is the closing segment. Hey, kiddos. What's we, up, hope you en- <laughs> we hope you enjoyed <laughs> the reviews of The Violent Kind and Showdown in Little Tokyo. This, is, this was the Showdown um, episode. I kind of threw it on there um, between in the Showdown Little Tokyo and The Violent Kind. And I have to say the Showdown won, but... Uh, I don't know. Uh, That's just me. Different kind of movie. Different kind of movie. No, I agree. I'm partial, man. I grew up with Showdown, so I give it to Showdown. Showdown in Little Tokyo? I guess it it really can't be a showdown with two different kinds of movies, but uh, maybe maybe we'll do that later. But um, we kind of had a little little showdown on the review of The Violent Kind, I'd say. 
Yeah, no, we right. did. I had my I had my Glock gripped. I was about ready to pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll slurp in some beer for you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, we we just want to say a special thanks to uh, the guys from Exploited for coming on and uh, oh, talking yeah. about movies they recently watched, and um, that was fun. Um, I think we had a pretty pretty solid review on uh, the new Anthrax album. And, yes. um, of course, some reviews on uh, some movies. So we hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, give us some feedback, of course, on the Facebook page and everything. We really appreciate any feedback, anything you want to throw at us. Um, more than welcome to put whatever you want on the Facebook page. Don't be shy. We know there's listeners out there, and um, we're not getting a whole lot of... Uh, whole lot of uh, feedback from people but uh, we do have some fan questions yeah we want more and yeah i mean yeah like like you said river yeah people don't be shy believe me i mean we're <laughs> we're just a bunch of fucking jackasses so you can uh, you can talk to us <laughs> yeah talk to us bullshit with us i mean we're more than well to talk i mean that's all i mean that's what this show's all about so uh just, you know getting to know people and having fun so uh that's but yeah, right. I think I think we have a few fan questions, don't we? Let's do those. Um, God, we we kind of have to go back because I think we kind of skipped over the fan questions. Hey, from hey, last I'm episode. glad we got to go back because there's a couple things I want to mention. Do we want? Do we want to pitch the fact that we have a website coming soon? The fact that we're talking about people interacting that'll be so much easier when we have a forum. Is that a bad idea to start talking about that? I don't think so. I mean, if we're confident it's going to happen, um, uh, we're. We're planning on uh, bigger things with behind the mask, and hopefully but, I mean, we pitch that. I mean, we ever want to like mention that? I mean, because it it'll be easy to get you know once we I don't know, I don't know. But and also it's kind of a shame. But I wanted to I wanted to talk about the Walking Dead, you know, a little bit. Talk about oh yeah, that. we're we're gonna get into that. I think on the next one. Yeah. Okay, and um, that is coming soon. I totally uh, forgot to mention. I should have mentioned it on the Anthrax thing, but Scott Ian got to be a zombie on the new season. Really? Yeah, he's, he's an Uber fan. He's like a nerd. He's a, he he writes he writes for DC Comics too. <clears throat> nice. He's a, he's a big nerd, and he uh, actually got to be a part of Battlestar Galactica too. And yeah, I saw screenshots where they made him up to be a zombie. He looked badass. They did such a good job on him and all that Sweet. good stuff. But anyway. Oh, I'm definitely looking forward to checking him out when yeah, the I'm new sure show drops. Yeah. I don't know what he's going to be doing in it, but he'll be a zombie. But yes, yeah, so we're redoing this or what? Yeah, yeah. Um, Dip into the fan. We got a got a few, maybe a few questions. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ears pulled up or whatever, but uh, um, one from uh, Chris Blackshear, and this goes back to episode six, last episode. Um, yeah, yeah. Basically. Uh, he says, uh, give me Ryan Nicholson over Michael Bay in any day. Also, I've been jamming out to a couple Fear Factory albums a bit. Pretty good. Haven't really gotten too much Machine Head yet, but Brothers in Arms has a bit has been getting heavy rotation in my car, which is fucking kick-ass. That made me very happy to read, absolutely. There's always space in the disc changer for that. Oh, yeah, I mean, can't go wrong with any Dire Straits album or Mark Knopfler's uh, solo stuff's good, too. So, um, you know, it, it's the type of music that, you know, anybody can get into. I mean, um, my old lady is actually, you know, really big into Dire Straits now. I throw it on the, you know, the record player all the time, and, you know, we chill out to it before we go to bed or whenever. Right. And, uh, Who's the old lady? That's my old lady. Sorry. 
<laughs> no, dude, yeah, we'll see. The thing is, especially an album like Brothers in Arms, more than any other album, it's such a mixed bag. Every song has a different style. It's very, mm-hmm. and it, yet it works. Yet it's not like a big um, cluster of just crap, you know? It's just, I don't know. It's inconsistent in a very consistent way. It makes no sense. But yeah, there's something there for everybody, man. You know, if your lady wants to get in the mood, put on your latest trick. It'll it'll and drop. This. And the mm-hmm. funny you say that because that is actually uh, one of my favorite songs on the album. Besides, you know, Brothers in Arms, which is great too. But uh, the latest you, trick is I'm the saxophone just makes me fucking melt. Yeah, you're looking for a thinking man song, something to to weep in your beer. Listen to Brothers in Arms, you know, and yeah. think about fallen cronies. You know, yep. if you just want to dance a little bit and and rejoice, put on Walk of Life. You know, it's there's something there for everybody. And if you just want to straight up MTV rock, put on Money for Nothing, you know, and think about Weird Al Yankovic. Because I always yeah. think about Weird Al as well when I hear that song. But. And, the, and the little faggot with the earring and the makeup. Yeah, that's that's Nikki Sixx. <laughs> Nikki Sixx, yeah. <laughs> wrote the, they wrote that song about Motley Crue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. <clears throat> Screw Motley um, Crue. They, 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 they shouldn't come up twice in one episode. They're not worthy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, sorry uh, we didn't get to the questions last time. I, uh, you know, figured we'd uh, throw them all in one bag. So uh, was there even a was, was that even a, was there, there wasn't even a question? A in question? There. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a question. It was kind of more a comment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of getting but, back to uh, stuff we talked about in the last episode. It makes but, me happy um, that, that some you know somebody's actually taking some of that, like you know, going out and listening to that stuff. You know, that that's kind of cool. You know. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's cool. I mean, if anybody listens to that stuff, you know, Chris has always been supportive, and I think he was there from from day one, actually listening to like Testament, you know, when I recommended yeah. stuff, yeah. and actually sure making the attempts to go out and listen to Fear Factory, which, by the way, like I said, that out that newest album is ridiculously good, and even the Dire Straits man, that's a man with uh, versatility right there. That's somebody I could hang with. So, and let me jump into his question because that was more of a comment, but. Uh, yeah, he does have a question. He says, uh, what's up, freaks? Uh, easy question for the next show. Sellouts. It happens in music and movies all the time. Who is the biggest sellouts in music, and what is the best movie remakes? Oh, God, don't make me bring him up a third time. Nikki Six. No, I'm just <laughs> He always sucked, so. Yeah. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll let uh, you guys can jump into the, the music sellouts, because I'm kind of... Uh, it just it just depends on how you define a sellout, man. I mean, so yeah. many people could. I mean, it's easy to say, you know, oh, Metallica is a big sellout, or you know, or certain people are sellouts. But man, I don't, I don't necessarily define certain obvious things as selling out. You know, someone like Metallica, they were they always did things on their own terms. Um, let's see, who I think would be a sellout. Oh. I don't know, man. Uh, Lust, do you have one on the top of your head? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think about it. Uh, sell out in music. Um, like you said, I mean, you know, I know a shit ton of people say Metallica, but, you know, I can't hate on somebody for wanting to explore their, you know, creativity in music, well, you know. Well, they've uh, been about taking bold chances, you know. It's like if they wanted right. to, if they were in it for certain motives then they would i would think have played it safer it's like my god they're coming out with that next album that's just getting all kinds of backlash right off the tails of you know sort of their comeback album it's like hey we just earned some fans back let's piss them off again you know come yeah. on it's yeah. like, 
You know, one one thing I will say, I, I can't think of anybody right off the top of my head, but somebody like, uh, I don't know, like a, somebody that was real fucking hard-edged, like hardcore, like when they first came out and then just started getting really, really poppy. Like, uh, like they were going with what, you know, was going to sell records, you know. Uh, which you can't say that about Metallica because... I mean, I'm sure um, me and me and uh, a, a couple of buddies of mine refer to it as the album that won't be named, um, but the uh, the Saint Anger album. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Saint Anger, which uh, I'm not a fan of, let's just say that. But, yeah. but, you know, this is a sidestep. I mean, that album, yeah, it's not a finished product by any sense, and it's not good by any sense. But there's good stuff in there that just wasn't refined. I mean, and I don't know, it, there's. There's bits and pieces that are good, you know. For example, I think I sent it to you, um, River. But the uh, Bridge School Benefit performances, you know, it's all acoustic. Anybody that plays that's all acoustic, and they played an acoustic show in 2007. And the only time they played it, it's the final track, the All Within My Hands, off that album. They did a totally new rendition. It was way shorter. It was like six minutes, you know, and mm-hmm. shaved and re-edited. It was acoustic. It was like a dark folk song, and it was incredible. It's like wow. So there was this turned out to be a good song when they did something with it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's- yeah. Kind of my, my point with that is, 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 you know, they, I don't, they weren't going out to sell more records. They were going out to just make something that they wanted to make, even though the album, I think everybody ultimately agrees overall pretty much sucked. Uh, but, uh, you know, people that, that just, you know, start out like with their own kind of thing, but then they get real poppy, you know, like, I don't know. I, like I said, I can't think of anybody right off the top of my head, but I know there's a bunch of them out there. Um, they oh, just, you know, uh, well, they, they just go real like fucking, you know, what's going to be popular and what's going to sell records. And I think that's kind of selling out. Well, if you want I mean, <laughs> the, the person that did that more than anybody else, let's face it, it might be sacrilege here to bring up, you know, the dead here, but Michael Jackson, <laughs> Michael Jackson would jump. He only had a handful of solo records, honestly, you know, and he jumped on every band. Now he might've been the one that created, you know, he was very inventive with thriller. I'm, I'm going to give him that, but think about it off the wall. Oh, wow. It sounded like Motown freaking disco of the day. Thriller came out. Then you had, um, then you had bad, which totally synth driven eighties stuff. Um, yeah. with, you know, then you had, um, um, dangerous, which was, totally cashing in on the Bobby Brown New Jack swing sound that was hot, you yeah. know. Uh-huh. He was he was on the ball with that too, man. Um, and everybody with any kind of career, long-standing career was guilty of it at least once, you know. So I don't Yeah. I don't I think of Turbo Lover for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm your <laughs> yeah, I just don't know. Well, what about the uh, the remakes? Best best movie remake. Okay, I'll uh, I'll jump into this real quick uh, first, if you guys don't mind. Hey, River, I, I already know what you're going to say. You're going to say Dawn of the Dead, right? Oh God! <laughs> no, I hate that fucking remake. Just, but uh, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> I, I don't like. Do you? Uh, do you Red Rockin? I hate it, dude. I, hate I freaking it. hate it too. And the only thing worse than that is the Day of the Dead remake. Yeah. That's not even worthy of bringing up. Even if haven't even haven't even watched that one. Oh well, Nick Cannon's in it. 
That's yeah, not a big Nick Cannon. Enough said. If Ving Rhames is in it, again, as somebody different. If Ving Rhames is in anything else other than Pulp Fiction, it's horrible. <laughs> Let's just say that. But, uh, yeah, I'll just throw out, you know, my top five off the top of my head. Um, um, I'll say uh, Night of the Living Dead 90. This, you know, uh, I that one's probably my first, my favorite remake because I really enjoy it. You know, there's a lot of people that don't like the film, but... Uh, I mean, I like it, and um, I saw it before the original, so that's why I love it so much. I saw it when I was a little kid, and uh, yeah, I remember uh, you know calling in sick for from sc- for school or whatever, you know, um, and watching that on VHS when I was at home. You know, it was like the highlight of my sick day or whatever from school. <laughs> nice. So uh, that one, I gotta say, is my first one. Um, the Hills Have Eyes is probably my second one. I really enjoyed that remake. Um, as much as I'm gonna get shit for this Halloween, I like Rob Zombie. Um, I like his, you know, his style and everything. Halloween, I really liked Halloween 1 and 2. I put those hand-in-hand hand with, you know, in the top of my list. Um, of course, The Thing, John Carpenter. I gotta put that one in there. And yeah. then, for last, I gotta put uh, Last House on the Left. So, uh, those are probably my top five. Is, this, is that really in a, is that in a proper order? Like No, uh, but Night Living Dead 90 is probably my favorite horror remake. Yeah. Um, Let's just say that but uh, I don't know if you guys want to jump in on any of those. If you guys, I, I mean, say, you, you don't have to do a top five if you don't want to. But I just, people, I think, people can dog Rob Zombie, like you said. But you know what? He gets props in that list because not hardly any remakes are good. And the fact that he pretty much made his own movie out of it gives him you know merit to be in that list. So oh, exactly. You mm-hmm. know, even though it's it's not an, it's not a movie that's without flaw. I yeah, mean, exactly. And none, mean, of the, none of the movies are like that in the remakes. I don't he made his, he made an entirely new movie, then then remade the original in the last twenty minutes. You know, yeah. but for people like us that know the first movie, original movie, in and out, it didn't bug me. But um, yeah. Yeah. and I mean, I like the you know I love the first you know the, the original Halloween and everything, but uh, you know, there's always a it, it holds a special place in my heart the original. But I mean, I also like the remake. I mean, as much as Everybody, you know, why would you remake this movie? I, I mean, if there's anybody to remake it, it's Rob Zombie. I mean, I, just, I didn't, I didn't so much like the second one though. I thought that was kind of bollocks. And I, I, did, I was a, fan, I was a fan of it. I, I was a fan of it, it too. Yeah, I really enjoyed I it. Well, I mean, it was a popcorn movie because we got the story out of the way in the first one, and the second one, man, he really became a fan of stabbing because it was just oh, he nonstop. Got way, he got way brutal in that one. It, I mean, it was just like a bunch of, literally like a ton of stabbing, and that's the whole movie. And then you had the whole white horse thing, which I don't know if was necessary or not. That whole thing going theme going throughout the movie, but I don't know. It was, it was something different, you know. It was, it was. Yeah, it was just something different to add to it. And, and I yeah, haven't seen it since the theater, so I, I wouldn't mind watching it again. But yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd like to watch it again. Also, I, I mean, I think I saw it when it first came out on DVD. I mean, I, I have the first, uh, you know, Rob Zombie's Halloween. I have the first one um, on DVD, but uh, I haven't picked up the second one yet. Which I, you know, I do plan to at some point here. I just mm-hmm. I haven't had a, a shit ton of extra money as of late. <laughs> but uh, it should yeah. be in the five dollar bin at Walmart pretty soon. You'd think. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Let's put it this way. I, I actually like the original Halloween 2 better than Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. I like the setting of the original Halloween 2 better, and I just like the whole... Okay, uh-huh. we can debate this, you know, till the end, because I like... A lot of people are giving me shit for this. I like Halloween 3 better than I like Halloween 2. Really? See, so, you oh, know I what? I actually, Season of the Witch? Yeah. yeah. 
I love Season of the Witch. I think it has nothing to do with Michael Myers. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We'll see. I actually um, like – I don't love Season of the Witch, but I actually like it too. And whenever it's on, I watch it because it's it's really cheesy and really campy. And, you know, I do like it. I think think if it would have just been called Season of the Witch and not Halloween 3 Season of the Witch – You know what? I don't mind – I don't mind that. Because it had had absolutely nothing to do with Michael Myers. Well, it wasn't supposed to be. Originally, they planned off. They planned on making each Halloween movie with a different story and different villain. And one and two were essentially one movie, like split into two. And yeah. in the second one, they believed, "Hey, we just killed off Michael Myers. Now the third one's going to have a different, totally different story." You yeah. know. Um, so, and that's what they thought they were going to do. Then the third one bombed, and they're like, "Oh, screw this! Let's make a franchise and bring back Michael Myers and just make him the." Yeah, I think I think it just it threw people off. Yeah. Threw people off. I think in a good way, though. I mean, if if I'm gonna watch a Halloween movie, I'm gonna watch the first one, the third one. That's when I. I mean, that's just me, though. I mean, I'm different. Like, I mean, I like Nightmare on Elm Street too. That's my favorite. Oh yeah, Nightmare. dude, that one is my favorite too. It's freaking got Kawato for God's sakes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, it's it, that's the darkest one, man, and it gets so yeah. underlooked. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree, and all the you know the homo undertones in there. Oh, yeah. that the lead character scream, and he is gay in real life. Oh, Mark yeah. Patton, yeah, he's he's a really he seems like a really cool guy though. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah, as, uh, I don't know. As far as as mine, uh, like I said, I, I agree on the uh, the Halloween remakes. I, I enjoyed those. Um, it, it, in my eyes, Rob Zombie can really do no wrong. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, I agree. Uh, you know, I, I I enjoy everything that he does. I think he can do wrong. I, that freaking El Super Bisto movie was shite, but yeah, I didn't enjoy that. You know, that was a cartoon. I mean, I was. It was okay. Like I enjoyed it for one watch. I, I wouldn't go back and watch it again. But it was it was fun to watch one time. I thought I felt sleep. I didn't even make it through. Really, <laughs> it put me out. Yeah, it lasted twenty minutes. Me too. But. Yeah, I'd, uh, I didn't. I mean, I'd go back and watch it, but I just I didn't love it. But I mean, it's it's a different kind of movie. It's not a horror movie or anything. Right. So. right. Yeah. One of my, I think one of my favorite uh, remakes though in, in recent years that I've seen was uh, which was one of your picks. Uh, River was uh, uh, The Hills Have Eyes. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I really. Liked- oh, I really really enjoyed that one, and and they, that was one that they just uh, they definitely improved on the original. You know. Um, which is something I heard, you know, Wes Craven said, you know, that, you know, he wanted to do more with it, but they didn't have the time. They didn't have the budget. Mm-hmm. You know, they were able to do what they were able to do, and that was it. Uh, well, and I, have, I really enjoyed the remake. The original Hills Have Eyes, it's one of those, I get it, it's a cult classic, but it's one of those movies I can't ignore. I It, it was boring. Oh, I, you thought it was boring? I really enjoyed it. The original, oh, no, I did, the original. I did the original, yeah. No, I think the original is boring. I don't know. I don't care for it, but I like the remake. And actually, I'll never forget the remake because you ever you ever have that? Remember when you, you would see a movie and it actually made an impression on you and you go and brag about it to all your friends yeah. and you talk it up and they all go see it and they all think it's the shittiest piece of shit in the world and they want to kick your ass for Every day of my life, man. And it <laughs> makes you feel embarrassed. Yeah. Um, I did that with that movie. I loved it. And then you know, pretty much I found out that every female in the world hated it. Hated it. I mean, think that's rape scene for you. The remake of Hills, or the original? oh yeah, no, the remake of Hills. And really, yeah. Oh, every female I told about it hated it, and and I think I don't think there's a guy friends of mine that liked it, um, except for 
you know, my buddy that I would see all those horror movies with here in town would, but that was one of those movies for me, and I'll just never forget it. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep my mouth shut now. Look what we um, do. We get a podcast about reviewing stuff, so here we go. One one more that I enjoyed was, uh, you know, I actually did enjoy the uh, I Spit on Your Grave remake. Um, no, I, yeah, that was, that was a decent remake. I agree. Yeah, it was yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was they definitely took a different, uh, you know, it, it was it was a different turn, you know, for it. They, uh, you know, they they followed the uh, the attackers more than they followed the, uh, the victim, you know, yeah. in that movie, which was was different, you know. Um, and of course, I knew going into it that the uh, the revenge stuff was going to be a lot more elaborate than the than the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that end kill scene, jeez! Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm I was kind of torn on that one. You know, because um, the one thing that that I loved about the original was like the the fucking beautiful fucking simplicity of her revenge. You know, it was just so simple and brutal. You know, like there was there was not much to it, but it was fucking vicious. Yeah. And uh, this one, it, it was a lot more elaborate. It was like something you would see in a fucking like a saw movie or you know well uh, yeah it was something it's like this is how macgyver would get revenge on somebody exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, system and all this kind of crazy yeah. crap it was a lot more elaborate but fuck i mean i i can't sit here and say that it wasn't cool to watch <laughs> you know it was, no, i agree it was pretty fun so i i enjoyed that one too so that's yeah i think those are I think that, yeah, that was a good, that was a pretty good top five. I'd be hard pressed to come up with something any better on the spot. Yeah, those are a few of my favorites. What was your favorite, Fred? Did you talk about them? Well, that's what I was saying. I'd be hard pressed to come up with something better because, I mean, you you pretty much nailed some really good ones. And, like, yeah, I didn't even think about The Thing. The Thing is arguably, that movie is just amazing. That's Uh, arguably the best, but, I mean, rewatchability, I think. uh, Night of Living Dead 90 is amazing, too. So, like I said, dude, that's. Yep. That's a pretty good list. I mean, I might be able to come up with one, but it would probably take me a couple days. And so, but on the spot, that's a pretty good list. Cool. Oh yeah, I'll endorse it. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, th- uh, thanks for uh, writing in, Chris. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Keep it up. We actually, yeah, we need some uh, some more questions that we can talk about. It's kind of kind of bare bones right now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, I don't know. Quit, quit being shy, fuckers. Come on. <laughs> I know. Go to the Facebook page, put some questions on there, or... Uh, Even if it's just something, like, fucking goofy and stupid. Ask yeah. me questions. I will tell you things about my body. Yeah, we, <laughs> we are not above. I'm nothing, open. Nothing questions. new. I'm hung <laughs> like a moose. <laughs> a baby moose. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> baby moose is still bigger than... You know, your biggest dude. Yeah, yeah, probably. Probably. I, I, I wouldn't know that firsthand, but <laughs> I would guess so, maybe. I don't know. Uh, uh, I do want to thank, uh, before we go, I do want to thank um, some of our, our local talent here for uh, contributing some music to this show. Um, exactly. Our, our friends in uh, The Clincher and our friends from Curse by Moonlight yeah. uh, for uh, contributing uh the the clincher song was um, slaughter of souls, uh, which is one of my favorites of theirs, and uh, the song from Curse by Moonlight was Rebellion of the Angel, and uh, those both of those bands are fucking awesome and a lot of fun, um, 
And uh, yeah, I, I hope you know for big things from from both of them because they're fucking great bands, great people. So I want to thank them for sure. And also a shout out to uh, Red Rockets uh, Broham. I don't know if you want to give him a shout out there, Red. Well, I was waiting for you guys to give it out. Then I would have definitely uh, been all up in your business. But yeah, uh, he wrote. He gave another piece as well. Um, he co-wrote the the theme with myself, so which is yep. amazing. We're very happy with that. So, yep. and he makes a lot of good stuff. So his stuff will be appearing and popping up in segments as well. So, and I you. think I think his theme is going to be our our exit song in the in the podcast because uh, was he the same one that made our intro music? You and him was it? Yeah, your same brother. Yeah, me and him. Yeah. So basically, uh, it's going to be a intro from Red Rocket and his uh, bro, and a uh, exit from Red Rocket and his bro. So sweet. Or just his bro. Yeah, he he just did that one. Oh, he just did this one. Okay. This one is just him. Yeah, all him. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah, great stuff. And yeah, we really appreciate it. I mean, you know, go to their uh, go to their Facebook pages and uh, give them a like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They're all on Facebook. Uh, Cursed by Moonlight and uh, The Clincher. And uh, hopefully yep. I, your bro doesn't have a uh, Facebook, uh, music Facebook, does he? No, he doesn't. Just go stock his, you know, private one. It's all okay. Fun. That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one more one more shout out to, to uh, Synapse Films and uh, Camp Motion Pictures. For, That's right. Uh, for sending us for sending us those movies to check out. Um, very, very cool of them. We really appreciate it, and we hope to uh, to keep getting stuff from them in the future. So, Most deaf. So Synapse and Camp uh, keep sending us shit. Yeah, because <laughs> we're really enjoying it. Yeah, we're, uh, Yes, we, we love what you guys are all doing, and we, we definitely support it, so keep it coming. Hell yeah. Well, uh... I think that'll do it for the show, guys. Uh, next week, um, well, not next week, next episode. Hopefully, here in the next uh, two weeks, we're going to be putting out a interview with Rain Brown. That's the announcement for this uh, this end of the episode. Um, we had a uh, interview with her a few days ago, and uh, I mean, this she's a great interview. You know, a lot of fun. Uh, she kicked fucking ass. Yeah, she's uh, you know, one of the goddess of the the indie genre right now. Um, oh yeah, indie horror queen, man. One of indie them. horror queen. That is true. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna be dropping that here in the next couple weeks. Um, it's gonna be its own show. It's gonna be a short little show. So uh, then after that show, um, we have a special uh, Halloween episode that we won't give away too much, but. Uh, this is going to be, let's just say, this is going to be a great show. I'm yeah. really, really excited about this, guys. Uh, I don't know. This uh, this whole crisp, cool, you know, it's cool outside. It's uh, The leaves are falling, and uh, I'm starting to get hard. Definitely. Because it's Halloween, so uh, um, that it's that time of year. Let's yeah. just say that. And, you know, we do have another uh, <clears throat> Red Rocket just did an interview, his first. Yeah. Uh, Flew solo on that one with uh, Daniel Tidwell um, of, tid. of, of YouTube fame. Hell yeah. Um, so that'll be coming too also, right, Red? Yeah, you know, honestly, um, on the side, guys, I figured that would be a launch for the website. I don't know if we'd have room for that on an episode, especially with Rain Brown on the next one. But uh, no, we're, we're, Yeah, Rain, the Rain Brown uh, interview is just going to be, I think, kind of a, a thing unto itself. So uh, the the Daniel Tidwell thing, it could be a thing unto itself, also. Yeah, you know, um, it, yeah, it's its own thing. 
Absolutely. Well, I mean, we definitely want to get him out there. Get him out there. Um, DanielTidwell.com. Check him out on his uh, YouTube video, YouTube channel as well. Um, he covers. He blends video game classic themes with heavy metal, and it's just undeniably um, good. It's ear candy. So just. Oh, this guy is extremely talented. Let me yeah, just say that. Yeah. He's, he, he makes me really uh, sick to my stomach because, you know, as I put it to him in the interview, um, me and my brother uh, were very big fans of his, and we he actually inspired us to try and do the same thing, and we did. You know, we were coming together with our um, <clears throat> compositions of these classic tracks that he didn't do, and I, I told him, I said, so basically, he's good at the editing stuff that you are. He's good at the production, and I'm the actual one that plays the instruments, and even together, it takes two of us to um, get about half of you, and he <laughs> he took that with a chuckle, but it's the <laughs> truth. Nice. He's yeah. very good, so check him out. Sweet. Well, yeah, we're kind of uh, we're kind of working on a little bit of new formats. I mean, we're kind of you know throwing out these little uh, interview segments as maybe you know like mini shows type of thing. We're gonna see if this takes off a little bit because uh, want to get more out to you guys. I mean, we don't just want like one episode a month or anything like that. We're kind of behind this month, but uh, yeah, you know, we want to get more out to you guys. And so I don't know. We're gonna try something new. So, I mean, if it takes off, you know, we're going to stick with it. But um, that's all I have to say about that. Sticking together, good waffles do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, fuck. Uh, is that about it, then? That's about it. All right. Well, fuck. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, like we said, write into us. Don't be shy. Facebook. Facebook. We know you all have a Facebook. Yeah, we know you're all on there. We know you're all on there. Come on. And this is the Riverman. And the Lush. And Rocket. And you're listening to Behind the Mask. Come on back and keep it sleazy, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah.